with Steve Allen. Morning, Monday morning, the dog one. All right, the dog one, get over yourselves. It's a dog, she's got a bit of meat in her hand, she trains it. The dog doesn't want to do this, it's doing it because it likes ham sandwiches, OK? So they've got photographs in the papers today of her holding the ham sandwich. I couldn't care less either way, it makes no difference. I understand how that works with animal training. That's what you do, you reward. Friend of mine, I went out for a f- uh, with a friend of mine the other day who's got a dog. And this dog has, has a liking for puddles. It not only wants to walk in dirty, filthy puddles, it wants to drink the water. So in an effort to keep it away from the puddles, he has little bits of doggy biscuit in his hand. He goes, Lou! It's called Lou. <laughs> and, um, and, I don't know why, just seems most of the time going to the toilet, so I suppose that's why. And this little biscuit keeps it away from the puddle, and so that's what's happened with this dog on the television. What I want to know is... You know that everybody's been saying, you know, she gets £500,000. Is that lump sum or is it like in America? On his X Factor programme, where it's a million dollars, it's payable over 20 years. Because I was watching very carefully and I've noticed it a number of times. It comes up at the bottom, prize prize money of a million dollars and then payable over 20 years. And I wonder whether they do the same here or do they hand over half a million pounds to her? I reckon it's payable over time. That's what I reckon. I don't know, because I, I didn't see that part of the programme, so I've got no idea. <clears throat> I just know that over the weekend, having been out sort of wandering with, with dogs through Regent's Park, which is very nice, it's a good walk, and very, very educational. The amount of dogs that are out there, my God, it's frightening, it really is. And, um, and, then, uh, and then sort of came back and then was inadvertently drawn to the jewellery channels again, where they're flogging the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever seen. And they get very excited. You know, you get third-rate presenters who quite clearly have had new nails put on because they're going to be doing, they're doing things. And you've got to buy this because this is tanzanite. And it's very rare. It's so rare it goes down to about 30 quid. You know, tanzanite is obviously really as rare as hen's teeth, ladies and gentlemen. And so they stand there flogging this stuff and they put up the price. I think one of it yesterday was £5,995. For an item of jewellery. As if anybody watching the television and subscribing to these people is going to buy this kind of rubbish off anybody. You're going to go out to a proper jeweller. If you're going to spend five grand, you're going to go to a jeweller. And what they say is, oh, you can buy it as a 30-day money-back guarantee. Well, you work your little socks off to get that item. I'll tell you, there'll be a clause. In the end, you'll end up paying for it, I bet you. I'd love to see anybody or ever hear from anybody who's ever managed to get these things back to them on time. Because generally there's some sort of hold-up. Oh, no, we've never received it. It's after the 30 days. Oh, what a shame we've charged it to your credit card. Anyway, the, the, this, this sort of item came down to £187 from five grand. I mean, it's just the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever seen on the television. More fool you for buying into it. It's like watching the bid channel, the rubbish they put up. And these are these pots that light up. Oh, my God. Where do they get this rubbish from? Warehouses in China. That's where it comes from. And today, grow your own potatoes. Three packs. I thought, just go to your greengrocer, buy some potatoes, put them in the ground, they'll grow. That's what potatoes do. And you have to send off... You get all these plants. No, you get little plugs. You just put them in a black sack, potatoes. Leave them. They'll germinate by themselves. You don't just send off to any old rubbish. And be careful on bid. Be very careful. Each item that's sent you is seven ninety nine. So if you buy a little tiny plastic thing, that's eight quid to send it to you. How they work that out, I've got no idea. It's absolute rubbish. It really is. And, and I do love... Yeah, that's, that's postage. But if you order three, they don't put it all in the same bag. They charge you three times. Rip off. Ripper. But the but the jewellery stuff... Oh, God, the biggest pile of poo I've ever seen in my life. Sorry about that. Uh, despite the volley of derision that Ian Highland enjoyed a month ago for suggesting in the long run, The Voice could well turn out to be not that great. He says, I refuse to revel in the news that it's lost almost five million viewers. 
He said, I do find it ironic that such a celebrated mistress of mime as Cheryl Cole is being drafted in to rescue a show called The Voice. To be honest, the producers, he said, would be better off simply gathering the remaining contestants together and asking them two simple questions. One, do any of you own a dog? And two, can it dance? OK, because that's what wins shows. Dancing do- We don't want miming Cheryl Cole, whose latest single is the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever read in my life. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, go on, perform that one live, Sweet Pea. Can't wait. I did love it. I had to run the gamut of Steve Allen fans outside the building today. They've started... It's getting really embarrassing. I don't know what to do about it. But they're now camping all outside and sitting there. Nobody says anything to me, because I always come in a disguise. And, and they're all sitting out there. And they just sit there and wait patiently until I come into the building. And they, they stare longingly up at the windows. And then I leave the building and I go out in disguise again. They've all got sleeping bags. They've been here for, like, a day and a half now. I keep saying to them, listen... You know, just get over yourselves. Get over. I can't do anything about it. And they're all they're all clutching McDonald's and bits of me. You know, it's it's a bit embarrassing, but I have to put up with it on a Monday morning. So you know, there, there. But for the grace of God, go I. And then again, I get my horrendous story of the morning, which is uh, in Tehran, they have sentenced four young men to death. Their crime, they're gay, and under Islam, and the Supreme Court of the Islamic Republic. Uh, under Islamic law, Sharia law, gay people are enemies of Allah. And so they're putting four of them to death. What a nation of disgusting people. I mean, it's just appalling. Do you remember we had that case in Tehran a while ago, a few years back, of two boys, one 16, one 15, and they hanged them because they were gay. You don't ever want to go to Tehran, do you? Full of disgusting people like that. No, thank you very much indeed. And so, I mean, it's just bloodthirsty intolerance. You know, and yet most most men in Tehran go around holding hands with each other. But they're not gay, apparently. That's not being gay. Being gay is, oh, dear me, dreadful. 84850, steve at uk. Makes me sick stories like that. I'm so sorry. But, um, because I've, I've tried to find something happy in the paper today. And somebody said, does she share the winnings with the dog? And will the dog's lawyer sue her for the 250k, says Kev. Well, you know, I'm assuming it's the dog that she's not won. The dog's won. People voted. They didn't vote for her. Nobody cares about her. It's the dog that wins. So, I mean, it's the dog that's talented. She just holds a bit of food in her hand to get it to do the trick. You know, and the dog's going, oh, I really couldn't eat another ham sandwich, but oh, go on, force me, force me. OK, I'll dance my back leg. There you go, ham sandwich. Oh, that wasn't too bad, was it? Look, people clap and everything. Yay! And we've got money. OK, and wh- my end of it is where? She should, I mean, she should give it away to Battersea Dogs Home. I think so. All she did was just jogged around in lycra. Not exactly that difficult, is it? It's like a little workout for yourself. But that makes the front of a lot of the papers this morning. You know, it's nice. It's nice. But to be honest with you, Norman Barrett, who tours with Zippo Circus, has got a fabulous budgie act where his budgies, it popped up on the Sooty and Sweep show the other day because I've got a very diverse taste on television. And Sooty and Sweep put Norman Barrett and his little budgies on there and they push a car off the end, they do a tightrope walk, they go round on a swing. I mean, they're really clever, far more clever. And he doesn't give them food every time. He just cuddles them and tells them how, how marvellous they are, which I quite like. I like that a lot. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, they're, they're talking to. There was a lovely. I've cut so many good bits, which I'm going to use on the free podcast today. So many good bits about the only wears Essex, where they've got a lovely picture of uh, of Mark Wright because they, they can't get Mark Wright arrested. Remember, he, he's formerly of the only wears Essex, and now people have suddenly realised he's he's slightly creepy, you know, and, and not in a not in a good way. And so they've had, he's got a great agent. 
Jonathan Shallett is, is very good. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just think, you know, Jonathan Shallett and, and Mark Wright. Pff. So they've sent him out. Where have they sent him to? California, to sort of do the Mark Wright. It's the only thing that you can get, actually get on ITV2 now is reality shows. And the reality show is Mark Wright goes out there with a few of his close chums, uh, his, his closest chums, and he sort of, he, 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 he plays bigging it up. Whereas, of course, over there, nobody knows who he is. Because he's nobody. He wouldn't even get a job parking cars over there. So they've sent him to the gayest place in California. They've sent him to Venice Beach, which is the Muscle Beach. All these Muscle Marys working out there. And, of course, he's not actually filmed working out because he doesn't really do that kind of thing. But the strange thing is, I mean, were we not told ages ago that his best friend was Arge? And, and also Jack Tweed. Well, they don't appear to be on this programme. Not that you put Jack Tweed on anywhere else. Jodie Marsh was, uh, was pictured on Muscle Beach. <laughs> Sorry. Don't feel too sparkly with that one. Oh, just even the thought of the, the poor soul. Ghastly woman. Ghastly guy. Cheap, tacky. Oh, ghastly. Oh. They don't get any worse than that, do they? 84850, steve at uk. I've noticed, actually, they were talking overnight with Duncan about people on, on benefits. And as always, whenever you talk about disability benefits, you get people phoning up, they get all irate. Oh, I'm going to lose my benefits. No, the people who are going to lose their benefits are those who cheat the system. Over in Spain because I'm assuming this is where this, uh, this emanated from, they've been over there. More than 750 calls have been set up to a benefit fraud hotline in Spain. £3.1 million is going over to Spain. A lot of the people uh, are there on disability benefit dancing the night away. Because they're bent, they're crooks. And what they do is, you know, people who are genuinely disabled will carry on getting their money. There's a lot of people who aren't genuinely disabled. You know, we've had this argument time and time and time again that you can get a fraudulent disabled sticker in most pubs in Wandsworth. Not that difficult to get hold of, let me tell you. I've been offered about half a dozen. You know, you can get a, a fraudulent disabled sticker. You put it on the car. The police aren't interested. It's not really a police affair, but uh, they should clamp down on it. And people say, you know, why haven't they got the photograph of the person on there? A lot of people use it because their mum or dad have got it and they carry on using it. But, of course, the person's supposed to be in the vehicle, but nine out of ten times they're not. So people use it so that they can actually avoid paying for parking. We know it goes on. You know it goes on. I know it goes on. We've had all sorts of well-heeled people who've been using disabled stickers. So are you entitled to it? No. Right. See, I'd throw them in prison. Wouldn't have any hesitation whatsoever. 84850, steve at I'm terrified to look at the weather because it was so good over the weekend terrified to look today and tell you it's oh here we go scattered showers throughout this afternoon oh well there you go so water the plants and then the water bottle fill up yeah it's a it's a bright start but then it uh, it gets bad and then uh, tomorrow what are we looking at tomorrow sunny spells scattered showers wednesday dry with brighter sunny spells and friday cool and windy which is quite good, isn't it? I'm not quite pleased about that. Actually, I've got my, my Lady Rattling's ball this coming Sunday. I must phone Barbara. I'll keep me into phone so we can sort out. I'm going to have to meet her, meet her there. 84850, steve at uh, Steve, walked through Leicester Square yesterday. The boards are down. So uh, what have they done? Um, they've... Uh, I don't know what they've done, actually. They've they put some, some, some turf down. And they, they put some little bushes in, and they put some wiggly-waggly paintings, uh, uh, you know, railings in, and that's it. Oh, and they put something else in the fountain. I know, it seems like a, an awful lot. I've been invited to the official opening. A bit excited by that. It said drinks and canapes. I'm very excited. Uh, Mike says, the Britain's got talent when it gets a cheque for 500,000, and I got 175 quid for betting on the doggy. Oh, dear, how lovely. You see, I, yes, I don't think she gets 500,000 pounds cash. I'm, I'm prepared to bet, bet money on it. I think she gets it in instalments. 
Hmm. I think so. 848 steve at uk. Um, see, I, I look forward to uh, your show at 4am. I love it down. Uh, I love it the way you have a rant and then settle down. Uh, 84850, Uh Another one here. My wife does deliveries for uh, people who deliver parcels for bid-up. She gets 45 pence for a parcel, and as you said, they charge seven ninety nine. Yes, yeah, so, well, she gets paid 45 pence for delivering it, but they would probably say that's, that's what it costs to process the thing. You know, and, and to be honest with you, I don't believe it costs that to put these things in a jiffy bag. I, re- I really don't, actually. I really don't. I just think it's... Uh, 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 benefits are being cut before we attract too many Euro refugees. Oh, there's thousands, of, millions of people get, get benefits. Really, millions and millions of people get, get benefits. Why is this not working? That's and it's, it's, it's a case of, you know, pe- people get it. And once they're in the system, you can't, you, you can't get them off it. And it takes somebody to shop people on, on benefits. If you know somebody's fraudulently doing it, well, then you have to report them. There is a benefit fraud hotline. You don't have to give your name or anything else. You just report them and say, I know they're doing this. Whole family are on benefits and they're not entitled to them. And then they investigate, then they take them off it. It's as simple as that. LBC 97. She said she's going to spend the money on food for the dog. I should imagine it'd be as big as a whale by the time she's finished then with half a million. Now, I don't think she gets the whole lot. I think she gets it paid in instalments. Very similar to how it works in... Uh, in America, they're not going to pay anybody out a million pounds. They're going to make sure they get some uh, some money back. So, uh, if you want to shop somebody, if you want to shop a benefit fraudster, there's loads of telephone hotlines, and these are people who've left the uh, the UK. Uh, what they've done is they've actually uh, uh, a Benidorm bar owner who asked not to be named said it's rife here. They fly back to the UK to sign on, and they're back the next day. They give a false address in the UK. It shows it's it's that easy to do it. It's that easy. It's not not difficult at all. He says here, and they live it up at the taxpayer's expense. And you see, I would never send any money abroad. As far as I'm concerned, you want it, you queue up for it. It's as easy as that. You know, we just don't, don't give money to people. It's not, uh, it's not worth it, is it really? Definitely not worth it. 84850, steve at uk. We shall weave everything in on the programme. We've already done the Videl Sassoon funeral. That was an old gag from last week when he died. You can't do it a week later because it makes you look a bit stupid. You know, you can only do a gag that's current. Somebody was complaining in one of the Sunday papers about how long it takes before you get vile gags about Videl Sassoon. I didn't think the one about the highlights was vile at all. I just thought it was very apropos for a hairdresser. You know, and it was actually quite original. I hadn't heard that one before, but we did it last week on the programme, so, you know, you, you can only ever do it the once, I'm afraid, unless you really are a little bit backwards. They're talking about uh, tuning into the 80s, and they're looking at the... At the quiz shows that we that we watch on the television, because they're bringing back blockbusters with Simon Mayo. And I've got, not, got nothing against Simon Mayo. I just don't think he's a particularly good... He's a bit bland. He's a bit bland and looks a bit dull, I'm afraid. He's a bit... You know, and you think to yourself, you shouldn't bring back blockbusters. You know, leave it where it was. I missed, you might have to tell me, we had... Um, what did we have the other day? It was Deal or No Deal with Noel Edmonds, the celebrity version, but they couldn't find anybody, so they put Louise Walsh on there. And Louise Walsh turned up with Jedward to, let's call them slightly peculiar young men, shall we? Not quite of the, you know, two boys who share a bath together and do everything together and share a bedroom together. It's all slightly disturbing. But anyway, so Louis Walsh, who looks also slightly peculiar at the moment... I don't know what he's done to... He's done something to his hair and his teeth. I don't know. He's, he's, he's had something... He just doesn't quite look right 
There's something. It doesn't look like the Louis Walsh that we that we knew before. Anyway, I'm sure he's happy with the look. But then the following night, last night, I missed it with Peter Andre, and they have a surprise guest. I'm, I'm hoping one of the kids jumped out the box, because that because because Pete loves his kids, as we know. Pete loves his kids, and so that would be an opportunity his management wouldn't want to miss, would it? Because they they have to ask Pete questions like, "So, what are you doing at the moment, Pete?" No, no, we know you're not working. I know um, you're. You're advertising tanning. Oh, lovely. That's that's the best she could get for you, is it? It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? And uh, so w- well done to the agents for doing that, which is really, really good. And so very, very happy. And uh, and it's nice to know that Pete loves his kids. Yeah. Because Pete really loves his kids. Like, bros love you. Yeah. Bros love you. They really do. Uh, Anti in Highgate's way too early for hanging baskets. Way too early for hanging baskets. God, honestly, I don't know. I find it quite worrying, actually. That sort of, you know, but the, the further up out of London you get, the dumber they become. It's way too early for hanging baskets. We've still got, we've still got cold weather. Kills things off. Another one here says you should apply to be the producer for Cheryl Cole's next video. Doesn't have producers, does it? Just says people like Wicked, and then they put it together in one little second burst. It's awful. We could put dancing dogs in it. Film it in Staines High Street, says John. God. Mad as a broom, aren't you, really? It's not your fault, especially you can manage it this time of the morning. I can understand now why, why they were talking about all sorts of illnesses overnight and people on benefits. It always gets people going, doesn't it, people on benefits? I like the idea of people being on benefits. Because it must be the... Imagine going to... Where would you go to? Sort of uh, Sudan. OK, you arrive in Sudan. Uh, I don't have any luggage. And, and the benefit office is where? Sorry? The benefit office. Get money. Not here. Sudan. All right. Um, so, so, so you get your money from where? Working. Good Lord, very old-fashioned. I think I'll go back to England. It's so much easier there. You just turn up and go, I've got a family here. Uh, money? Lovely. Th- thousand a week? That'll, yeah, that's fine. That's it. We've just come from Sudan. There's no benefit system there at all. So much easier in this country. Uh, the Price is Right with old Brucey. Surprise, surprise. Do you know, I, didn't, I don't care what anybody said about surprise, surprise. I loved it. Unfortunately, the families only went on there because they were too bone idle to pick up the phone and find their relatives in Australia. So what they used to do is that they, they, they'd sort of phone up and go, oh, we haven't seen my auntie Winifred and Uncle Alf for ten years since they went to Australia, and we've had children since then. Oh, right. OK. And uh, do you know where they are? In Australia. So they give it to a 12-year-old researcher who finds them in five seconds. But the family are bone... So then they, then they fly them over. It's like, you know where they do this, this programme at the moment in, so you want to move to Australia, and you look at all these Chavnaf families. They've got no intention of moving to Australia. They've done it for the free holiday. They've done it for the free holiday. Come on, kids, we're going to... OK, we've all got to pretend we're going to think about moving to Australia because they're making a TV programme. You only have to look at some of these Chavs. There was a couple on there the other day. They quite clearly had never been in the interior of a house that they'd ever owned. And the reason was they went inside, and, and this one had an open-plan kitchen and washing machine, and she went... Oh, this is beautiful. Because uh, they're all from up north. And, uh, and then it showed their, their dump of a house back home where they, they didn't even own it. They were just renting it. But they're going out to Australia and he's actually going to be a, a bricky or plasterer or something like that. And then they sat down. You could quite tell they'd never worked out maths before in their life. And they were there fraudulently. And every house they looked at, it didn't have a pool. Because they've seen neighbours... And they assume that everybody in Australia has got a pool. But, of course, you know, only in the right-priced houses. And because he was only going to be a plasterer, they're not going to offer you so much money over there and a pool. It just doesn't happen. So they didn't actually get it. And, uh, but they, they had the free holiday anyway. But I could see through these people a mile off. You know they're not going to move out there. You know they're not because, you know, there are, there are expats out there. Admittedly, it does look like a lot of chavs. 
It really looks like a lot of children. I wouldn't want to go to Australia. I mean, if there's all the people from here that can't get on in this country, that, good job. I mean, we used to send prisoners out there years ago. So I'm more than happy to send all these other people. Oh, ghastly. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Steve, how wrong you were. Will you now be doing an in-conversation with Pudsey? I don't think so. I think it's, don't you think it's immensely sad? How, how dramatically sad is it for this country? Britain's Got Talent won by a dog. How sad is that, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, dear. What a bad indication. Huh. Uh, 84850. Uh, one here that says, uh, Steve, talking about benefit fraud. People who sign on don't have a photo on their signing on card. But they go on holiday. Friends and family go on and sign on their behalf so the benefits don't stop. Why does the government allow this? Because they're incompetent. Because it's so huge. Listen, they can't even stop. They cannot even stop illegal minicabs in London. Every other city, you can stop them. Here, they've managed to take them away from Piccadilly Circus. So the drivers of these illegal rust buckets don't ever get in anything. Well, you've got some dirty old man standing there. You're oh, really Kev. You don't go anywhere near them. And so what they do is they hang around the kebab place just up here. I watched it this morning. And they go up to it. Oh, minicab. Don't ever get in a car. These people are thieves. They'll, they'll rob you blind. Don't ever get in there. Because they don't have any insurance, they've got nothing. They'll thieve from you. It's what they do, these people. You only get in licensed cabs or a cab that you've pre-booked, OK? Shouldn't have to be telling people like that. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people from out of town and they get drunk in London and they just think this is how our system works. And, uh, and it isn't, I'm afraid. It isn't. Through the keyhole. I used to like through the keyhole. I suddenly realised what the programme was, though. It was celebrities' way of trying to sell their house. So you got a free advert on the television, which I thought was very, very good. Uh, there was also um, uh, Bullseye. Oh, God, I hated Bullseye. I absolutely, it was the, the only programme which was made for chavs by chavs. Oh, everybody likes a bit of bully. You know, it was Jim, I liked Jim Bowen. I thought he was, he was very, very good. And um, he's, it, the, the catchphrase was, you can't beat a bit of bully. And I, I quite liked that, but it was, it, was, it was sort of darts for sort of fat, overweight people. Uh, the, the one I never understood... Was was Dusty Bin? Did you ever understand three two one? Did anybody ever understand three two one? The answer is no. Nobody understood it at all. I understood catchphrase. That was with Roy Walker. I quite like that. Play your cards right with Bruce. I quite like that. And um, but Bullseye, they go they go super smashing. Uh, you've won. What is it? You get nothing for two in a bed on this show. And then they bring on, and there'll be two, two fat chavs, and you go, oh, you've won a speedboat. You know, they live on a council estate in Huddersfield, and they've won a speedboat. What blooming use is that? And what was that other show where they used to have sort of lots of prizes on there? And I can't remember, they pull back the curtains. No, and this, this is the prize package you're going for. And you can, you can make a bid on this prize. You can't be a, a penny over or two pence under or whatever it happened to be. What the dickens was that programme? That was another one of those big game shows, but it had, you know, and tonight's... It wasn't tonight's offer, was it? What was it? But they, they pull back the curtains and there would be furniture and you've got to work out the price of it. Remember that one? 84850, steve at Because I can't remember it for the life of me. I can picture it in my mind. I can't even tell you who presented the thing. This is your showcase. Remember, this is your showcase and, and it sometimes there'd be a car there and some motor scooters, things like that. Anybody remember that one? Because that's the one I can't remember at the moment. 84850, steve at or 08456060973. Oh, isn't it lovely? Oh, I tell you what, there were some stories in the papers over the weekend. Um, here, this is Una Healy uh, on being a celebrity mum. 
I'm sorry, I don't know who you are, darling. I'm ever so sorry. I mean, I... Oh, she's another one from the Saturdays. Uh, I'm, I'm ever so sorry, darling, but I'm so, you don't mean a thing to me. You don't even look like anybody who's famous, and, and you're not a celebrity. It's very difficult to probably explain to you, you're just a footballer's wag. OK? You're a footballer's wag. OK? And that's, and that's all it is. You're not a celebrity mum. You're not famous. You're nobody. You're absolutely nobody. I'm here to tell you that now. So, um, you know, just go away. OK? Go away. I really don't know who you are. Ridiculous. I didn't win on the lottery. Oh, I tell you, I might have won on the lottery on, on Friday because I got six notifications from the lottery. Six, I mean, six is good. Six means that there's got to be at least £25 in it. At least. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast at 4.30. Morning. It's uh, 29 minutes to five. 29 minutes to five. Monday morning on LBC 97.3. And uh, they're bringing back surprise, surprise with Holly Willoughby. Oh, God, I do hope not. You think it was the price is right? You think it was the price? We've had a number of people saying the price. Are you sure? Perhaps it could have been. Perhaps it could have been. I don't know. Oh, I don't think surprise by Holly Willoughby. She's not, uh, she's not a standalone presenter, I'm afraid. She's absolutely not. She's just big boobed and she's got lots of blonde hair and lots of makeup and her husband's quite quite plain. And that's all you could say, really. Uh, so, uh, the price, yeah, price is right. Oh, well, there you go. Thank you to everybody who says that. If you're saying the price is right, then I suppose it must be right. It was with Leslie. And that was, that was it, was it? OK. I frequently buy from QVC, says Nicola. They have a brilliant Liverpool-based customer service. I always get my money back and they fully investigate under, undelivered parcels and they will refund or replace without question. The only thing that irks me is they halve the PMP of buying two of the same item, which does my head in. It's two small identical items. Why not put them in the same parcel? Yes, I know. I know. See, I know that's how they make money, actually. I think on on things like that. I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain. Price is right. Price is right. Uh, the price is right. And Una is a rugby wag. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, this is your showcase was the climax to the price is right. It wasn't actually a game show in its own right. Thank you. So it's the price is right. And that was the one with, with Leslie Crowther. And he'd say, so you, you'd have two people battling. And they'd go, right, this is... Or was, or was, it the, was it two people battling? And this is your showcase. And back you go the curtains. They've got a brand new car. Or a sideboard. Or, you know, a motorboat. Sometimes they were really naff. And you had to guess how much it was. But you could only be so many, so many pounds out on it. You couldn't go over. Had to be under. And if, and if you were within the price poundage or whatever it was, then you, you got that showcase. It was quite entertaining, actually, as programmes go, because we were giving away big stuff. You know, in this country, when, when you look at some of the, uh, some of the prizes that are on offer, they're enormous. They're absolutely enormous. I mean, you do get professional people. There is a magazine, used to be, called Competitors Weekly. And it was for people who entered, gave, people who went out and took the labels off tins because you needed so many labels. So they go and, you know, have three tonne of beans sitting at home because they needed 22 labels for each entry. And uh, and then there's a, they, they used to make me laugh. They'd say, no purchase necessary. And you go, well, you have to buy the item to get the label off the tin. And then you were trying to do this. And uh, I gave up with it. I never did stuff like that. It wasn't, wasn't my sort of thing. Bad news. I'm ever so sorry to report to you this morning. I know it's Monday morning and I know you're not in for shocks just yet. Girls Aloud could be back in the studio. The caterwauling way past their sell-by dates now, girls. I mean, luckily Sarah's out of rehab, so thank the Lord for that one. That's OK. Uh, Nick, Nicola Roberts, Nadine Coyle and, uh, and, and Kimberly Walsh were all there, except Cheryl. Now, I don't know if anybody's fallen out with, with Cheryl, but, uh, I mean, I know that Nadine has been in the, uh, the studio 
But whether or not the others go in there, I mean, to be honest, aren't they a bit ancient now for doing it, girls allowed? I mean, they were, they were, they were so sort of past it, really. A long time ago, they were past it. I don't think Louis Walsh looks after them anymore. I think Cheryl and Nadine, according to my spies, don't get on because they battled out for the uh, American scene. Well, I mean, Cheryl Cole can't sing. She can't sing for Toffee. No, she really can't. Seriously, she can't sing. It's terrible. Just to mime everything. Because we remember when she was given the uh, the thing on uh, X Factor, and they said, oh, Cheryl's now going to do her, her, her single, which was that fight for this rubbish. And, uh, and she, did, she was ghastly. Because part of it was mimed, and part was singing live. And the singing live bit was, was like listening to cats arguing in a garden late at night. It was really horrible. So I hope we don't have to have a repeat of that. Nicola Roberts, I'm sure, is, is OK. She just looked a bit pale, didn't she, Nicola? You felt like she was going to fall over or something. And then you've got uh, Sarah Harding, who did spend a lot of her time falling over because uh, she was falling in and out of bars. Actually, talking of that, there's a lovely picture of, of well-known, um, well-known chav, Natalie Cassidy. Natalie Cassidy went to Essex Club the other day. Oh, God, she's a bit fat for things like that, isn't she? Oh, porker, Natalie. Anyway, she was well the worse for wear. She was celebrating her... Wait for it. I thought she was 53. 29th birthday, ladies and gentlemen. She's got to be the oldest-looking 29 you've ever seen. But um, she apparently decided to cut loose for the night. Well, these people can't handle their drink. A bit embarrassing, isn't it, really, Natalie? But never mind. I'm sure you better fill up your column with it, because your column is the dreariest thing I've ever read in my entire life. Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Oh, the good news is... We found my phone. Remember, we lost the phone. So we went out and spent £560 buying a new phone. But we found it. Where was it? It was in the cab. It was in the cab, so we're going back to get it today. It actually, it actually was in the cab as I was in the morning. So I'm assuming I must have either had it in a bag or in a pocket or something happened and it fell out. How it, how it fell out, I've got no idea. But uh, we've got it and we should get it back today. Although it's been God's own trying to get it back, let me tell you. You'd think you were trying to sort of rescue the Titanic. OK, can you put it in a car? Not really, no. OK. Rocket? No. A little bit difficult. Do you have any bikes you can put it? No. OK. I tell you what, we'll come and collect it. You know what's going to happen? We're going to go down and collect it. It's going to be a completely different phone. It's going to be a little tiny piddly Samsung thing. You watch. I had this dream about it the other night, because they phoned me on Friday. Chris Lowry, our, our, uh, our weatherman, phoned me, and he said, good news. I went, oh, I could do some good news today. What is the good news? He said, they found your phone. No! I said, Really? I'm very excited having spent £560 on another one. It doesn't, doesn't matter, because I've, I've now got the talking phone. Not that it, it does much talking, and uh, not that I really... It's, it's got Siri on it, and we've now put the music on, and we've done everything. So I'm, I'm quite, quite pleased with it. And the trouble is, I wish I bought it in the white. I bought it in black. Somebody said white's a little bit pimp my ride, so I didn't bother with, uh, with that one. But uh, at, least, at least, you know, at least it works. It works. I, I don't mind. As long as, long as the phone makes phone calls, I don't, I don't care. Uh, Steve says, the game show was The Price is Right in the UK, hosted by Leslie Crowther, Bob Warman, Bruce Forsyth and Joe Pasquale. Did Joe Pasquale do that? Ooh, interesting, interesting. I saw five minutes of Peter Andre on Deal or No Deal. Amy Childs was on. But when the gags came out about him being underpriced and priceless, we turned the telly over. Oh, dear. Yes, Amy Childs. Of course, you know why Amy Childs would be on. Same agent. Trying to get publicity for her. Because she's not doing anything. She doesn't, they're, 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 not, they're, they're, just, they're with the agency. And Pete has to go along with everything his agent says. And so that's, that's the way it goes. So it was either that or the kids. So they bring out... I'll tell you what was awful. There was a quiz show on the television hosted by Stephen Mulhern, 
who, I take it all back, he's a very nice person, but he can't host a quiz. You know why? Because he likes chatting. And on quizzes, you don't want that. You leave it up to the guests. And so they had on there, I can't remember who it was. Might have been somebody from, it could have been EastEnders. Was it EastEnders or Hollyoaks? I can't remember what it was. Uh, against The Only Way is Essex. So they dredged up Joey Essex, thick as a brick. Arge, dumb. I mean, they don't come any dumber than him. Then at the very end, I seriously thought they'd actually found a bag lady. It turned out to be Lauren Goodger, bless her. But then next to her, and dwarfing the entire set, was Gemma Collins, Jabber the Hut. There she was, the biggest, fattest thing on television, with a voice... I mean, it's, it's in my imagination. Or is she deliberately playing stupid? Why she talking like that? Why she talking like that? Like a five-year-old... I mean, this woman used to sell second-hand cars. Admittedly, she does look a bit like a second-hand car, but there's not much you can do about that. So she talks like this five-year-old. Yeah, so I never do that. And I'm thinking, are you all there in the brain department, or are you, are you missing one, of, one or two digits upstairs? Because I, I seriously would suggest to you that she's possibly the thickest person I've ever seen on the television. And also, it's not so much thick, because I mean, well, thick skin, but also it's that stupid voice. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, 84850, uh, Another one here. Uh, the Price is Right was uh, with Leslie Crowther. And another catchphrase of Bullseyes was, and have a look at what you could have won. Yes, they used to, uh, yes, they used to do that, didn't they? They used to sort of show you exactly... What it what it would have been? Oh, Bruce in Hull, you mustn't be jealous. Honestly, you make yourself out to be stupid. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I mean, oh dear, honestly, Bruce, we do feel sorry for you, but don't worry, we've we've sent you somewhere very exciting. Uh, Gabby Roslin would be good at surprise, surprise. Oh, she wouldn't, but she'd be dreadful. The only time Gabby Roslin was any good on television was when she was doing the Big Breakfast with Chris Evans, and the only reason she was any good at that is because he carried her every step of the way. There's no two ways about it. You know, he used to he he used to bigger up. He used to bigger up and was and was very good, very very good at bigging people up. He didn't have to do it because it was his show, but uh, he actually bigged it up. Do you remember Winner Takes All with Jimmy Tarbert and Gambit with Fred Dynage? I do remember. Yes, I remember Winner Takes All because they used to record the whole series in a week, and Gambit with Fred Dynage because I think that came from Southern Television. I think it came from Southern Television. Pretty certain. Pretty certain. Uh, other stories in the paper today. Having sorted out, and I thought the other day you 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 absolutely pulled through all of you on the subject of, of very very bad headaches. Remember we were doing that one on the program, and uh, and then I was I was looking through the papers this week, and uh, and trying to find something that that would sort of get you going. I mean there was there was one about petrol because petrol's definitely coming down in price, definitely coming down in price. Then I'm begin to wonder whether or not we should increase the speed limit on London's roads. And I decided that we shouldn't, because people exceed it anyway. They're, they're saying now that motorway, motorways really aren't safe enough to increase the speed limit from 70 to 80. Well, the speed, some people... I mean, even on the Marylebone flyover, where it's 40 miles an hour, even at this time of the morning, there'll be people bombing along. If they put speed cameras in... Nobody would bomb along, but everybody bombs along there. I was tailgated by somebody yesterday. I nearly, I thought, should I jam my brakes on and just really worry them? Because I do do that occasionally. If somebody gets too close behind the car, you just touch the, just touch the brake. And uh, that always sort of sends them off a little bit. And then they were doing sandwiches. And 
they're now celebrating, we are now celebrating the 250th anniversary of the Humble Sandwich. It doesn't seem possible. And Jodie Kidd is launching the... My gosh, she obviously can't be getting any work either. You look at all these... I'm surprised I didn't book Amy Childs or Peter Andre. He's available for this kind of thing. And so they're now doing uh, this sandwich and they're sort of coming up with sandwiches because she says sandwiches are one of life's, one of life's little pleasures. How can a sandwich be a little pleasure? And so she's asking for entries all over the country. Because I saw the other day some cheese in Iceland with Branston pickle in it. The cheese had Branston pickle in it, which I'd never heard before. She says here, my favourite combination, this just shows you how, how far removed she is from society, is ripe Sussex brie, a flavoursome local ham, slices of tomato and some spicy rocket. Oh, because we all have that every day, Jodie. We're all in the same world as you, love. But, uh, I don't know, sandwiches. They don't do plain things in sandwiches, do they? Why can't we just have cheese? Ham sandwich. You know, why couldn't we just have a cucumber sandwich? Marks and Spencer's, for a little while, did uh, did Marmite sandwiches. They're only a pound, and it was Marmite sandwich, and that was quite pleasing. And then I thought, because nowadays you get uh, prosciutto, rocket, pesto, you know, all this, all these sort of fancy Italian ingredients. We're British. We don't, we don't want prosciutto. We don't want rocket. You know, we don't want any of this stuff. We just want ham, ham and cheese. Ham and salad cream, free-range eggs. You know, we don't want anything too flash for us. We just want, you know, an egg salad, ham salad, cheese salad, prosciutto. Have you got any prosciutto? Oh, dear me, honestly. Upmarket sandwich shops, bane of everybody's life, ladies and gentlemen. I said, would you like some cardamom sprinkled on that? No! No! I don't want anything like that. Should we drizzle some olive oil? No! We're not Italians. We're English. Give me some tomato ketchup. You know, would you like balsamic glaze over that? No! Just give me something normal. Something normal that we can eat. All these pretentious sandwiches. It's like, you know, I was going through the other day and I was looking for shampoo. And I couldn't work out if I had dry, lacklustre hair. If I had hair that was sort of prone to coloration and things like that. And that's a, that's a bewildering array of shampoos. I just want to clean my hair. And in the end, I've got something with jojoba in it. What's that? Well, it's at home. It's not made the slightest difference to my hair at all this morning. I sat there. It didn't make any more bubbles than anything else. It just was not good enough. But uh, posh sandwiches, unless, of course, you think differently. As I'm sure you've all got your uh, your favourite sandwiches. Um, other one thing. Uh, please watch a show on Channel 4 called Very Important People. It's a visual representation of your thoughts on the usual suspects, like Amy Childs. Oh, she's ghastly. She's so stupid. She's too stupid. Uh, and somebody here says you have to watch VIP on Channel 4 on Friday. Bob Monkhouse says Jason did 64 million... Was it 64 million pound question or 64 million dollar question? Mind you, Bob, um, uh, Bob Holness did... Was it Raise the Roof? Which I think was something... Something about winning a house, I seem to remember. Jason was one who spoke to us on Friday about his migraine. I hope that gave people comfort, thinking that there might be something around the corner. I hope so. Because I've never known so many people with migraines. I'm tempted to say at the moment, ask you about uh, about your diabetes, or if you think you're diabetic, or if you are a diabetic and you think you're getting the right treatment, because they're saying at the moment lots of diabetics don't get the uh, the right treatment. I get fantastic treatment for my diabetes. I really do. Fantastic. I'm hoping that you do the same. Although I've got to go back in. They phone me. Don't you hate it when the doctor phones you? Oh, hello, Stephen. I'd like to make an appointment to the surgery. Come and see you to talk about your... Um, uh, thyroid, and you think, 
Well, my thyroid doesn't work. I know that because I'm on levothyroxin. And it stopped working, and that's the thing that controls everything. Controls depression, your weight, uh, your heat. It's like a, a little thermostat, and it's in your neck. And, uh, and so I've got to go in and sort that one out, because they reduced my levothyroxin a short while ago. Now, I'm assuming they're now going to put me back up on levothyroxine, because I get quite hot. I get quite hot, and I, I don't like getting very hot, so I'm going to go back in this week. Uh, Steve Allen, uh, uh, I cried at the Iran story. This is the story I told you earlier on, that the court in Tehran has just found four young men guilty of homosexuality, and uh, they've got the death penalty. It carries the death penalty in Tehran. They hang people. And they, they also do other strange things, ladies and gentlemen. If, if, if a wife has an affair with somebody outside of a marriage, it's her that they stone to death. The man who actually committed the crime gets away with it scot-free. It's the most biased, you know, religion and thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Quite worrying, actually. 13 to 5. This is LBC 97.3 with Steve Allen. Next Sunday, it's Katie Price on Celebrity Deal or No Deal. Oh, dear. I didn't know she was still going. Picture of her snogging another girl in the paper today because she does that, oh, yawn, yawn, look at me, look at me kind of thing. I think it was that so-called model, Danielle Lloyd. I say so-called model because another, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me kind of thing, and you get that a lot from sort of Katie Price. Oh, how funny, honestly. They must have really gone low rent on that, or they found people who weren't working. I don't think any of those people we've mentioned. Amy Child's not working. I mean, she is dim. I mean, God, as people... What a, a, a bad indication of this country. Hello, the, these are people we call celebrities. What, who's that? You've got, well, you've got the Gemma, the jab of the hut thing from Nearly Wears Essex. Joey Essex, who really is thick. You can't believe he's that thick. And Sid Mahone would say, you've got your own language, haven't you? And Joey goes, yeah, ream. And that, that was, he's only got the one word, poor soul. Sp- poor soul. Poor little soul. Never mind. I'm sure we're full immensely sorry for Joey Essex, which is lovely. Uh, do you remember the golden shop with the great Bob Monkhouse? I do. I do. Remember the bloke who put the bolt in? His name was? There you go. There's your, your question for the morning. Yes, I remember that. I used to like the golden shop. My favourite one was where they had somebody... And they used to get people on the, on the phone. And they, you, you'd have the, the, the lens, the... Um, the thing that you look through on, on the, the crossbow, and they'd go right, right, right on their phone. Stop. Fire. And, and then it would fire, and if it hit the thread in the middle, 25 quid came out. That was what the top prize was, £25. It was considered a, a small fortune. And, uh, and so we were sort of watching this, and the bloke was going, right, 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 right. And it's, go- it's going completely off screen. Right. And they go, are you, are you sure? And he goes, yep, yep. What, what is it? And he goes, um, I mean, he said, where are you? He said, are you at home? He said, no. No. He said, where are you? He said, I'm standing outside Radio Rentals. He's watching it on the television. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, ben is in Wimbledon, and he works in a pub, poor soul. Um, it's... Uh, that's what he told us that Una was a, a, a rugby wag. Yeah, she's going... I mean, to be honest with you, I love it. When they, the, the, these people actually say, you know, I'm a celebrity. I'm a celebrity mum. You think, oh, you seriously believe it? How funny. Uh, one here. Uh, and it says here... Uh, this is... This is... You need to stop talking about, about Iran. You're stuck in your own world. What? You think it's great, do you, to... Uh, 
This is uh, Asin from Woking, by the way, incidentally, who thinks it's OK to execute homosexuals. Dear God in heaven, you worry me. Uh, what sort of hair? I didn't know you had any left, Steve. Did you get it from the same place as Christo? No, Christo paid for his. Or he didn't pay for his. I think it was... He had a transplant, didn't he? Hasn't he had a... He's had a transplant... And, to be honest, I haven't seen it for ages. I, I don't have any contact with Christo at all now. It's, uh, I mean, to be honest, it would have been easier if he just stuck a rug on his head, you know, a small rug or something like that. Twelve minutes to... No, it's not. It's eight minutes to five. Uh, the man was called Bernie with the Bolt. Frankie's in hospital in North London. It was. It was Bernie the Bolt. Whether his real name was Bernie, I don't know. He used to say Bernie the Bolt. And he would put the Bolt in, and then they would hold this crossbow, and they would try and cut this golden thread, and then the... Uh, the money would all fall down. They're thinking, and it's a brilliant idea, we did it, I'm sure, when we were at little school, uh, of, uh, of gardening. When you're little school, you do garden, you grow mustard and cress, and then you go outside, then you can do cabbages and lettuces, and we didn't do anything particularly posh. Might have done potatoes, I think, or something like that, but there was nothing really exotic. And they're now saying that they think that we should be teaching gardening in schools. I'd love it! Love it. When you just love it. If you're a kid at school now and you think, today's gardening day, brilliant. I mean, not for the past week or so, because you've been drenched. But I think it's a brilliant idea. Growing your own stuff, growing flowers for cut, growing stuff, you know, for borders, learning about all the different things like that. You know, I think that's a brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant. I don't know what we would get rid of. I'm trying to think what we have in school at the moment, because I don't know, I haven't been to school for ages and ages. I'm trying to think what school... Uh, subject you would drop to put gardening in. Religious studies, I suppose. That'd be the most popular one to drop, isn't it? Because that was dull. Or gym. Nobody enjoyed doing gym. Uh, what else could you... Maths, of course, was a bit boring. English was a bit tedious. History. It's OK, we like history. And uh, what else? I can't, gee, I can't remember any of the other stuff we had at school. I cannot remember any of the other stuff. But I think definitely, definitely putting in gardening would solve an awful lot of problems. And then you have some sort of skill that you could do. Uh, eight for eight five. Own Albert. No, I didn't see him on Saturday. I'm led to believe the makeup is always troweled on. Uh, Ray reckons it was Bernie the Bolt. Uh, Gambit was from Anglia Television. Thank you, Patrick. It was Anglia Television. Uh, another one here. Uh, Bernie the Bolt from Ian and Alex. It was Bernie the Bolt. I wonder why that was. He was famous for that, wasn't he? He was famous. I remember when they brought Bob Monkhouse back. For that, I remember when they fired him from uh, from the Golden Shot, and then they had to bring him back. The ratings went up. Bob was a ratings winner. Bob was one of those very few people, a bit like Bruce Forsyth, who knows how to present a quiz show on the television. That's why it makes me laugh. They say, "Well, Holly Willoughby is going to present a quiz show, or you know, so and so is going to do a quiz show." Vernon Kay, you don't just stand there and look like some tall geek in a suit. That's not the art of doing a quiz show. The art of a quiz show is knowing the game so well that you could do it blindfolded. You know, you can do it really, really well, and you look natural. That's why, you know, some of the best game show hosts are really quite advanced now. Tom O'Connor, very good game show host. I would think that uh, Bob Monkhouse would have to be the top of the league. When it comes to doing game shows, Bob Monkhouse would have to be up there, together with the Bruce Forsyth, the Jimmy Tarbucks. There's an art to doing a game show, and that's why it makes me laugh. And they sort of, you know, you see people, they say, what would you like to be? They ask somebody in the only way is Essex or whoever it is. What do you think you'd like to be? You know, and they go, oh, I think, I think I'd like to do some presenting. You think, but you can't present. There was a piece which I've cut from the, uh, from the papers over the week. Oh, some great stories I cut from the papers. Uh, really, really good. And uh, one of them was talking about uh, Jeff Brazier. 
Remember little Jeff Frazier? Well, anyway, Jeff Frazier's got a girlfriend. Nice, isn't it? And uh, he's moved in with her. They've moved into a million-pound house. I thought, well, he's not working. How can he be moving into a million-pound house? He's only known her for six months. But I had to cut it, because I thought it was, it was just very, very funny. Uh, Liz Jones echoes what everybody's saying. The British have chosen somebody bonkers. So all is right with the world. That means... And then... And the other story... Step star Ian H. Watkins has spoken of his heartbreak after a surrogate miscarried his unborn child. We had two pages of two... Pe- no mention of how awful this woman must be feeling. All they're interested in, you know, she's miscarried our child. And you think to yourself, this is a paid-for baby. This is paid-for baby. And so they've done a two-page story uh, on it. She says, we had a due date and we bought nappies and everything else. And then you've got the boyfriend of Ian H. Watkins talking about, you know, he's going to be really good with kids because when, he, when we go round to other people who've got kids, he plays with them. And I'm thinking, well, that's a good start then, isn't it? Nothing to do with the money, I suppose. Nothing to do with the money. And the fact that sort of steps have reunited. He says, every time I, I sing goodbye at gigs, it was horrendous. God, bloody... Not one word of how awful the surrogate mother must be feeling. But there again, I suppose that's just selfish through and through. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. And uh, this... Oh, I've lost it. It's disappeared, actually. We're talking about uh, on the uh, on the lottery. Anybody won recently? Seems to be a lot of money being banded around. It seems to be coming our way. So we're talking about... Have you ever pulled a sickie? I know some people... Couldn't possibly mention who, but some people build it in to their to their work ethic. In other words, you get so many sick days a year, so many sick days that you can take off legally without you know without having to get a note from the doctor. And that's what a lot of people do. A lot of people do take you know sick day. They just go, well, it's Monday today. I can't be bothered to go in, and so they just phone up sick. They say, so so you just tell them I'm not coming in today. I don't feel very well. Okay, bye. And then people take sick days. I remember saying to uh, some friends years and years ago, if everybody was on freelance contracts, if everybody got paid for every day they went in, nobody would take sick days. Nobody would take sick days. Couldn't afford to. Don't find me taking sick days. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, plus, we're also talking about... Um, is Sir Richard Branson's airline, Virgin, have now said that I think from uh, today... It might, it might be from today, uh, you can make phone calls in their aircraft whilst you're in the air. Now, this is something that you can do, you've been able to do in America for donkey's years. I've sat in an aircraft and made a phone call from the aircraft. Now, this is a new mobile phone system. Now, whether or not it's a phone, as in the case of the American phones, which is in the seat, and you pick up the phone and you phone somebody, or if you can use your own phone, because if you can, I think it's quite a breakthrough. I wouldn't like to imagine how much it costs. To actually make a fit. It's bad enough from hotels. The very idea that you can make one for a, from an aeroplane. What are you going to say to somebody on the aeroplane? Guess where I am? I'm on an aeroplane. Because that's the only thing you would ever say. That's what I did. I phoned my own answer phone from the phone on the plane in America to say, I'm on the plane. I'm on the plane. I'm making a phone call from a plane. Because I was easily pleased. And everybody did the same thing. In every seat, people were picking up the phone going, Hello? Guess where I am? We're in the air. People get very excited about things like that. 84850, uk, and 08456060973. Love to hear from diabetics this morning. Are you up to date with your medicine? Do you get regular checks? Do your doctor's surgery look after you? Reports in the paper suggest today that diabetics 
are getting the uh, the rough end, getting a raw deal. You're not being looked after. I think I'm looked after fantastically. But I wonder, really, whether or not you feel the same. Do give us a ring, let me know. 0845 6060 973. News is next on LBC 97.3. With Steve Allen. Morning. Monday morning. I know. And after this brilliant weekend, a fantastic weather and a dog wins Britain's Got Talent, which I'm very happy with, as you can well imagine. Perhaps next year we might find somebody who can sing or do something marginally more entertaining, I'm afraid. So the royal family, if they're listening at the moment, ma'am, sir, uh, you've got a dog, OK? He'll be popping up on the television. That'll be nice. <laughs> Can't wait. We've already got the tickets to the Royal Variety. We've got the tickets to the Royal Variety this year. We're also trying to find out... The ultimate sandwich. I don't know what the ultimate sandwich would be, but to be honest with you, there's such a bewildering array in the supermarket. You can't just go out and find a chicken sandwich. It's going to be chicken drizzled with olive oil, balsamic vinegar, rocket. What have happened to lettuce? What have happened to lettuce, for God's sake? But uh, Jodie Kidd, supermodel and TV presenter, and radio presenter as well, is seeking the ultimate British sandwich in British Sandwich Week. She says everybody has their own preferences and opinions on how to prepare the ultimate lunchtime treat. What a load of pretentious claptrap, isn't it? Everybody has their own preferences and opinions on how to prepare the ultimate lunchtime treat. It's a sandwich. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. It's a sandwich. She, of course, likes a very ripe Sussex brie, a flavoursome local ham, slices of tomato and some spicy rocket. Well, we all have those, don't we? If you're listening on a council estate in Wandsworth, you're probably just washing the rocket as I speak, aren't you? It's the kind of thing you're thinking of. Should we put balsamic vinegar on there? What do you reckon? Mange tout for lunch? I don't think so. A sandwich is just, you know, a bit of sandwich spread or some cheese and pickle. Something ordinary. I can't imagine what the ultimate sandwich would be. An ultimate What do you mean? One made without bread or something. Then, then, do you remember they say there's a shop down the road from here? They do open sandwiches. An open sandwich is where you get sort of a piece of French bread and you cut it, sort of slice it sort of lengthwise and then you put something on it. That's an open sandwich. Because it doesn't have a top to it. And, and then, because I like toasted sandwiches. I like to- At the moment, I find it very difficult to cope with Coronation Street. There's a woman in there, and I think she's got dementia. I think she's got, she's living with, I can't remember who she's living with now, but she's the wife of this bloke who's having an affair with this other woman. But she's got dementia, and quite clearly she has good days, and she has bad days. And I'm watching it, and I don't know if you've got somebody in your family who has dementia, but is it like that? Is it really as bad as that? Because the other day, they go out and they leave her by herself. Now, she can self-harm, she can do everything, and she decides she wants some cheese on toast. But she doesn't. She can't remember how to make cheese on toast. So she puts the bread in the toaster, and then she puts the cheese on the top of the toaster. So she does this, and then, then the cheese starts melting. So she picks up the toaster... And she throws it into the bowl of water, which, of course, produces the worst electrical shock you can ever, ever imagine. And I'm thinking, if you've, do you have somebody in your family who has this? I'm assuming it's dementia. But you obviously can't leave somebody, can you, like that for any length of time? You've got to watch them. It must be extremely wearing, not only for them, and, but, but also for you as well. It must be terribly tiring. Do you look after somebody who has dementia? If that's what this person in, in Coronation Street has, do let me know. 0845 6060 973. Uh, I love gourmet sandwiches, says Anisha. Here we go. But you can't beat simple egg, mayo and cress. You see, even I think cress 
is a bit posh now. Crescent sandwiches. And also, it generally falls out, doesn't it? Crescent sandwiches falls out. But she says, uh, last week you were raving about the film Dark Shadows, saying, a bit of fun, nicely shot. So on Saturday night, I decided to go and watch it. It was the biggest pile of pants. I can't believe you made it sound so good. It's funny, isn't it? I spoke to a friend of mine yesterday who went to see it, not expecting it to be any good, and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Isn't it fine? Did you go to the premiere of it? Were you plied with champagne? No. No, we didn't have it. We were offered drinks, but it was water and and juice. And uh, it says everybody was just cliched. Well, it's supposed to be cliched. It's based on a TV series. That's what it's supposed to... It's supposed supposed to be comedic. Did you think it was... Ah, that's why you thought... Ah, you, you didn't understand the history of it. Oh, that's why. You just went to see it thinking that it was going to be... No, no, no. It, I mean, it is the usual people that work with, with Tim Burton. I even liked his wife in it. I even liked the wife in it. And, not, and I wasn't really expecting to like her, Helena Bonham Carter, at all. But, I mean, she's really good in it. But the whole thing's supposed to be clichéd. That's, that's, what, that's the whole joke. That's you not getting that, honestly. And there's you pretending to be an adult and everything else. Uh, one here, strike it lucky. Barrymore was a genius in the 90s. He was, actually. There's no doubt about it. And then it all went horribly wrong, didn't it? I'm, re- I'm led to believe that he's... Uh, somebody said the other day he's off drink or something like that. Uh, back in the uh, the very late 70s, I was off to see my girlfriend in Cornwall, says David. And I was pushing my uh, motorcycle down the empty ramp at the side of Paddington Station when walking up the ramp towards me was a very famous face. And it was Peter Wingard. After he passed me, being polite, I waited about five seconds to look back at him, at which point he turned round, he was standing, still facing me and smiling. That was really stress. I've never seen a bike push so fast through Paddington Station. And a uh, great actor and, uh, and a real personality. Yes, Jason King took off from Department S and was so popular that they, uh, they gave him his own spin-off series. And, uh, and it worked very well. It was of its time. It's all available, actually. Uh, strangely enough, uh, Bryn and Annie have only just picked up on last week's migraine story, and she reminded me that for donkey's years, she suffered monthly from terrible headaches, a form of migraine. 25 or so years ago, she needed to go to a new dentist for a checkup, who noticed she had four wisdom teeth in her mouth full of mercury amalgam. Do you remember the old amalgam fillings, the metal fillings? He booked her privately into the clinic instantly that day. He said, go home, get some overnight clothes, come back tomorrow. I'll be taking all four of them out. She did, as he said, the following day, had all four removed and remained in hospital for a couple of days until her mouth was better. He said it was the mercury amalgam, a form of lead poisoning in her mouth that should be removed as it could cause all sorts of problems. She's never had a migraine since that day and I've always assumed the two were connected. Now, when we talked about migraine on the programme last week, we discovered that uh, everybody seems to be different. Some people were linked to dairy products. Some people were linked to chocolate. Uh, You were linked to amalgam. And strange enough, she says, we've told loads of people, dentists and doctors and anybody interested, but it seems to have been only her salvation. I told Maureen Lippman about it as she suffered horrendously from migraine regularly as it simply knocked her out for a couple of uh, days on a regular basis. But that was, uh, that was some years ago. thought you'd be interested in Annie's little story about teeth and migraine. Because I think it's different things that, that trigger it. We, we discovered this last week when we spoke to various people. And it was a case of... You know, what what triggered it for you? Some people said it was dairy. Some people said it was this. Some people have had it, you know, for, for years and years. And the uh, the answer is lie down in a darkened room. It sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. Uh, it's Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's that the, the lady has actually got. Uh, and it is like that. I have a relative with it. Uh, 
Is she dead, though? She, she wasn't killed, was she? The last I left Coronation Street, she'd, they'd called the, uh, the medics round. Uh, do you remember Max Bygraves presenting Family Fortune, says Malcolm? I do. I remember how much he got for each episode. £60,000 per episode. That, that's why people who do television quiz shows on a regular basis are making a small fortune. I should imagine if you're a, if you're a celebrity or a well-known person who's got a bit of a track record, you could pick up 15 to 20 grand for doing an episode of Family Fortunes, I would think. Uh, Steve, my surgery is terrible for appointments. I'm lucky if I get to see somebody yearly with my diabetes. And uh, I had to remind them I had uh, hypothyroidism for six months before it was diagnosed. And I was gravely ill before it was found out that I wasn't absorbing any vitamins at all. Yes, I mean, that's, you see, I mean, you say you only get a yearly checkup with your diabetes. I get it every, every three months. Every three months. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe is a fellow diabetic. I attend every appointment and review. I keep a daily diary tracking my blood sugar, what I've eaten, what meds, what insulin I've taken. At the end of the day, add up my total units and combined units. My consultant then goes through the diary and gives me great advice. I see the podiatrist every three months, diabetic eye screening every six months. I fast once every three months my review. I'm very organised with my management. Sadly, I've had my leg amputated and just my little right finger amputated again after the first op didn't work. I've had complications due to other medical issues, but I'm incredibly upbeat. I cannot stress enough to manage your diabetes because the worst can happen. Absolutely. Well, I'm, my, my diabetes is managed very well. By me and by, by the surgery. In fact, that's why I'm going back in again today. Just to go and make another uh, appointment. Just go and see another doctor. It's just non-stop, really. But at least they're looking after me. I mean, that's, that's the thing that you do. But if, if you just heard there from somebody who only gets a yearly checkup. A yearly checkup. What, what possible use is that? I mean, it seems to change. Almost, you know, not on a daily basis, but it certainly changes with some, some regularity as you get a little bit older. Uh, in the papers today, uh, everybody's begging to hire Pudsey. Lovely. Uh, the British Pavarotti will make millions. Why? Because he's been snapped up by Jonathan Shallot. He'll make you look thin, Jonathan. He'll make you look very thin. And um, David Jason says political correctness is destroying great comedy. I have to say, and, and you know sometimes when you watch old comedy series, the language is terrible. I'm amazed at how much people got away with. If you listen to some of the language in Only Fools and Horses... I mean, just on a day-to-day basis, words I cannot use on this programme popped up on, on the television. And I'm watching them back. Then I was watching last night Birds of a Feather. They use every bit of language under the sun. I mean, it, it's really quite, quite amazing. Quite amazing what people used to get away with on the television. But they did. Fifteen steps to help stem the diabetes crisis. Uh, the health checklist. They say at least every 12 months... Blood, gluco- blood glucose, blood pressure, cholesterol, eye screen for uh, retinitis. That's where, you know, you can start going blind. Skin circulation and nerve supply to legs and feet. Kidney function. Uh, check weight. Quit smoking. Get help to plan your care. Attend education courses. Receive paediatric care if you're a child. Get specialist care if you're planning on having a baby. Meet specialist diabetes healthcare professionals. And finally, get emotional support. Uh, there are at least 3.7 million people with diabetes in the UK. 49.8% get the checks and service recommended by NICE. I think I'm in that, I'm in that, uh, that amount of people. And so it means uh, I'm OK. But a lot of people don't go. In which case, you know, you have to force yourself. Other members of your family should make you go. I know diabetics who don't even take their medicine. Call to past five. <laughs> 
news headlines with Sam Curtis. Thank you, Steve. A report is warning the border... 7.3, London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 18 minutes past five. Uh, Dave says, I smoke for years, used to get migraine regularly since I stopped... Haven't had any headaches for years. Open sandwich, says Mary, first encountered by my generation in Scandinavia. Yes, I remember the open sandwiches very well. We've, we've got one of these shops just around the corner here. Uh, just got back from Tenerife. Steve, it was so hot. Back to the British summer weather, eight degrees. And Neil says the ultimate sarnie, toasted bacon, thinly sliced tomato with a little brown sauce. Mm-hmm. Although not half as good as Alex's, which is four fish fingers and tomato ketchup. They do an advert on the television, which shows you... Sorry, I'm a bit hungry. Shows you them making a sandwich, all these fish fingers. Looks absolutely delicious. And one here says, Steve, I yesterday made a toasted English muffin with melted cheese, sliced pickle and tuna salad. Easy to make and enjoyable to eat. Toasted English muffin with melted cheese, sliced pickle. Oh, dear. Tuna salad. No, I hate tuna. It's so dull. It is so boring. It's like so, tuna and sweet corn, you know. So, whereas, as far as I'm concerned... I quite like... What was that thing we used to have before? I mean, just anything like chicken salad with cucumber would be lovely. But they've got to think of a sandwich which is going to keep. And because cucumber is 90% water, it's going to make it go a bit soggy. I had a bacon, lettuce, tomato the other day. That was very boring. Very dull. And I had a coronation chicken from Marks and Spencer's. Don't waste your time. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. You'd be better off buying the coronation chicken... It's making me hungry again. And doing it yourself, because the coronation chicken they're using the bread was quite weak. Not very good at all. Talking of weak, I mean, what is, the, what is this world coming to? And there's a story in the paper about Alexandra Burke, who, after she discovered Jermaine Defoe had cheated on her with the second girl, collapsed. I mean, goodness sake, how old is this girl? Apparently, friends feared for her health and wanted to call an ambulance. What a waste of an ambulance. I'm sorry, he's been caught with somebody else, yeah? You know his history, and you collapse, and your friends will think you're calling an ambulance. I'd have charged you. Can't think of anything dafter. God, dear me. Poor old uh, Kirk Norcross. Uh, who is he? Oh, Kirk Norcross was in The Only Way is Essex, wasn't he? Uh, he apparently um, is, is begging the bosses to take him back. Oh, it's lovely when you beg, isn't it? We like begging, but uh, no... His showbiz career is nosedived. Uh, one top agent who tried to help him crack America says you can't turn water into wine. Well, don't be so stupid to crack America. Don't be so ridiculous. Apparently, uh, he's seen Mark Wright and Amy Child sign for another reality series and he can't get anything at all. He cannot get a job. Oh, dear. Last night, a spokesman uh, confirmed the split and said, we're the best agency out there, but you can't turn water into wine. But he hasn't got any talent. Well, you know, I, I quite understand how agents work. You've got to get some money. But what is the point? What is the point? And so Mark Wright, they've had to send out to America to do a reality show because there's, there's nothing from here. Nothing from here at all. And so he's now been mingling with La La Land's finest. Yesterday was snapped with Pink. That's one of La La Land's finest, is it? Pink. God blimey. She's not doing anything either. And so he's filming this new series called Mark Wright's Hollywood, which shows him sampling the party life and rubbing shoulders with A-listers. So far, he's, uh, he's, actually, uh, he's actually just got pink. Hardly A-list, is it, really? We're talking, you know, middle Z, at least. By contrast, poor Kirk tweeted he was stuck at home watching Alan Carr's Chatty Man on television. Can't get arrested, Kirk, can you? Told you before, the moment you drop all these people from that programme is the moment their, their career, laughingly called career, disappears. Finding out what uh, what cures your, your migraine. 
It's amazing, actually, how uh, how many people say, you know, I cut this out, I cut that out, and my migraine stopped. I personally think it's different for everybody. I think each of you is is an individual, and some people get migraines to a greater or or lesser extent. But uh, the stopping of the smoking, having the amalgam fillings taken out for Annie, Bryn's wife, and uh, and that seemed to work. And a lot of other people saying, I stopped smoking, and then all of a sudden I stopped getting the headaches. You see, a touch wood. I don't get headaches. And yet, strangely enough, I spoke to a friend of mine, Mike, the other day, and he said, do you not get headaches? I said, no. He said, oh, yes, really bad headaches. He's a diabetic, same as me. I said, I don't get anything at all like that. I wonder why it is that some people get them and some people don't. I would worry about that. I did say that I have this thing where I sort of, if you play with your earlobe, if you start getting a bit of a pain or you rub the side of your temples, that, uh, that sort of tends for me to alleviate any sort of pain or anything like that. I've got a stiff neck. Don't know if that counts, but never get uh, never get headaches. Uh, Sharon says I've been diabetic for ten years and receive yearly checkups. I take three metformin a day plus three tablets for high blood pressure and one for high cholesterol. Uh, luckily, my diabetes hasn't changed since I was diagnosed. Uh, we went to see uh, salmon fishing in the Yemen yesterday. Really, very, very good. Mo says my migraine or migraine is triggered by orange flavouring. Orange flavouring. You see, everybody's different. Everybody's different, isn't it? Funny. We're talking today as well about uh, whether or not you think it would be a good idea for your kids, obviously not for you, to bring gardening into schools. I mean, it's one of the programmes... Or cooking. Cooking. Because when you look at all the programmes on the television, or for antiques, you know, why don't they teach you about antiques and what to look for or how to read? You know, wouldn't you just love a programme on the television that taught you how to read silver marks? So that you could pick up a piece of silver and go, well, that's from York, and that was made in 1756, and you would know it. Because I'd love that kind of ability. Wouldn't you just love it? Brilliant. You want anything like that. Or gardening. So at least you could then, you, you'd have some sort of skill afterwards that you could go and do, as opposed to just sort of people going, what do you, what do, you do? Oh, don't do anything. Well, you know, learn something. Learning a skill would be brilliant. Gardening would be great. Antiques would be great. Cookery. Any of these programmes that do well on the television, you need to learn about. Which is great. Uh, Steve, when I get migraine, I can't identify what triggers it. I get blind spots, rest in the dark, then wake, and I can't remember everything from during the migraine. There you go, from Lisa. Thank you very much indeed. So uh, I want to know how, how you get over your, your migraine, or your migraine. How do you actually get over it? I know the lying down in a darkened room. I know that there's some sort of medication that people were telling me about. Whether it's successful all the time, I don't know. 0845 973 and um, there's a woman here called Kathleen Cottier. She's quite nice. She's been greeting her bin men with tea and sandwiches for 40 years. She's 76. She greets them at her garden gate every Tuesday at 11.50, ready for their, their collection. And then they give her, and, and she gives them a cup of tea and a sandwich. <laughs> do you do that? Anybody else listening do that? Do you try and bribe the bin men? Mind you, I suppose it, it sort of makes her, you know, at least she's got something to look forward to so she can make some sandwiches. Uh, we used to have a lady years ago who used to make sandwiches for the overnight crew on LBC and she'd turn up with about 50 rounds of sandwiches. You know, all different sort of thing. You know, ordinary, not, not posh sandwiches with rocket in or something like that. Just ordinary sandwiches. Really, really lovely. I see that Gary Glitter is in the paper today. Why? He's set to collect thousands in royalties after the BBC chiefs chose to show him on a Top of the Pops repeat. Now, this came up some time ago, the story, when he was cut out of a programme. It was one of those Top of the Pops uh, special edition things, and it was a special flat, and he was cut out, so she complained. he complained, and the BBC, yes, said, we, we apologise, we won't do that again, because they're not allowed to rewrite history. 
So they've had to put him back in again. So every time he pops up on some of these programmes, which, of course, he would do, he's going to get royalties for it. It's his song, and if it's played on the television, then he gets royalties. And now it, it can go back. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Somebody wrote in and complained bitterly and said, uh, Gary Glitter on top of the pops, making my skin crawl. The trouble is, I don't think legally they can they can cut him out. And that was the problem. I think the director general or somebody pretty high up at the BBC wrote and said, we can't do anything about it. And he was taken out of the original programme. They're now to put him back in again. So, uh, I mean, it, it, it's quite worrying, isn't it, really, that these... I suppose you could have people, though, couldn't you, uh, who, who committed murder on... You know, they might have been in groups and things like that. We don't know. We don't know. You have to go through absolutely everything. Uh, 84850. And uh, Anisha says, I've just Googled Dark Shadows TV show. It's made in 66, way before my time, and hadn't heard of it. I'm only 32. I know, but that's what I was saying. So you were sort of going, they're all cliché. They're supposed to be like that. It's a spoof. It's a spoof. That's why, you know, I mean, I, I thought you'd have read it, you know, 32, I mean, come on, what, what did you do, go and see it on the strength of? Because I said it was fantastic. But we did say in the thing, it's a spoof. In fact, the first thing that we said in the interview was, this is based on a TV programme, which ran for a number of years. A number of, I never saw it either, and I'm just a fraction older than you. But uh, but I did appreciate the fact it was a spoof. I mean, I mean quite clearly, you've got, um, uh, what's it, T- Tim Burton's wife, who's playing like a drunk Elizabeth Taylor-type character at breakfast, Helena Bonham Carter. So that that's... I mean, surely you didn't... <laughs> I mean, you can see what it's supposed to be. It's very funny, actually, in part, but I think it's just wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Steve says, Steve, why don't they just teach them how to read in school? Or spell. Spell! Perhaps we should have spelling classes in, in school. Because people's spelling is... I mean, I have to be honest, my spelling isn't the most brilliant... It's not, it's not the most brilliant. It's OK. I get by. I get by. 0845 uh, Other stories. Apparently, 15% of you drivers are running on empty... 13%. I do beg your pardon. And that's when... You know when you look at the petrol and you go, I've got any money today. I'll get some tomorrow. Right. I'll just let it run down. I was always told, never, ever, ever let the petrol run down too much. Because at the bottom of all petrol tanks is silt. If you should have cut a hole in the bottom of a petrol tank or cut it off, you'd find lots of silt which comes out of the petrol and comes from the inside of the petrol tank. It could be little iron filings and everything else. So you're never supposed to go to the very bottom of the tank. You're never supposed to run on empty, as they say. But apparently it's the, it's the younger motorists who are mainly driving with a petrol warning. I mean, I used to get panic-stricken. If I was driving along and the little red light started flashing at me, I'd immediately start, start looking for a filling station. Because you don't want to run it, you don't have to push the car, do you? Oh, no, you don't want to do that. Or filling that, sort of have to trudge to the nearest filling station, get your little petrol can, put some petrol, walk all the way back to the... No, you don't want to do that. So I always keep it topped up. I did top up the other day and then went for a, for a lovely drive round. Because I've forgotten, on Sunday, things open a little bit later, which is a shame. So we're looking at your, uh, your favourite sandwich, the ultimate sandwich. The ultimate sandwich. Um, you know, it's supposed to just cheese and pickle. Or, uh, but, but we don't anything anything too sort of fancy. We're not into rocket and you know drizzling it with olive oil or balsamic vinegar. I mean, the latest thing they did last year. Do you remember in restaurants strawberries with balsamic vinegar? I mean, do me a favour. Strawberries and cream, strawberries and ice cream, strawberries and condensed milk, strawberries by themselves, but not strawberries and balsamic vinegar. It was just rubbish. It really was. It's LBC ninety seven point three. It's five thirty. <laughs> This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
Morning, 28 minutes to six. Nobody's mentioned, says Stevie, how about double your money and take your pick? Take your pick was with Michael Miles, double your money. I can't remember. I can't remember. They used to offer silly things. I was watching a programme on the television the other day. It was a little simple quiz show. It's called, I think, Cash Cab. I'm sure it operated here, but they've got it in America as well. And that's where they offer you a sum of money, and then they rely on the on the gambling. You know, I tell you what, so you've won $1,250, guys. Do you want to double it? Based on, No, we'll take the money, they said. So they got out of the cab. Went, well done. They went, we're not going to risk it. It might be very difficult. Because I've been watching these celebrity... Um, celebrity... Whatever Chris Tarrant's programme is called. Celebrity... Celebrity. And they answer questions. Who wants to be a millionaire? And, and, it's, and it's great. Because I'm sitting answering the question. They had Francis Rossi on. Had the boys from Status Quo. And uh, they actually got as far as they could. And then they, they took a calculated guess. They weren't going to lose any money. And that was great. And that went to some, some good charities. Those I like. I like programmes like that, where I can sort of play along and answer the blooming things. Wish I'd thought of it. Imagine asking questions on a TV show. Can't be that difficult, can it? Although it is. Uh, good old cheese and onion or cheese and pickle. Now, when you say cheese and onion, Jane, do you mean a slice of cheese and a slice of raw onion? Is that what you mean? Because we used to have that a long time ago, and actually, I can't remember if I liked it or not. Cheese and cheese and or cheese and pickle. I could go big guns on, but I mentioned earlier that I discovered this cheese in Iceland. It's it's cheddar cheese, but with Branston pickle in it. And I don't know how that works. Whether or not they sort of mix it all up and then it's smoothed out. I'm I'm, I'm really not sure how it works. It's very good though. Uh, the best butty, undoubtedly, Steve. Bacon, egg, and sausage with brown sauce. On crusty brown bread. Thank you, James. I wouldn't touch brown bread if you paid me. I think it's the most boring bread under the sun. I know people swear by it and say it's very good for you, but I, I just... I, somebody said to me once, there's no difference between brown bread and white bread, apart from the colour. The rest of it, it's, it's exactly the same. Uh, Joanne reckons you could pop into Selfridges and try foie gras pâté and salad. Oh, I wouldn't have foie gras, I'm afraid. I wouldn't be eating foie gras. Uh, I do like pâté. I do like pâté, but it's, it's really bad for me because it's really fattening. But I do like pâté. Pâté on cream crackers, I'm quite good at. But I couldn't eat foie gras. And it's, it, it's, not, it's not because I wouldn't like the taste of it. It's because I feel a bit sorry for the geese, I'm afraid. When they're sort of, it's, it's like veal, isn't it? I'm, I'm a little bit funny and squeamish about certain things. I mean, I, it's, yeah, we eat lamb. We eat lamb. It's funny, isn't it? We you eat baby lambs, and yet it comes to baby calves, and we go veal. And people go, oh, no, you couldn't eat that. They live in veal crates. And you think, yeah... He said, somebody, you know, the, the producer nearly brought me foie gras. For, so I wouldn't have eaten it. I've had to have given it away. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have, I've never bought a tin of foie gras in my life. It's only because I've seen all the adverts for it and I feel sorry for these geese with this funnel shoved down their neck and to, sort of to fatten them up. And I think, no, no, please don't. Please don't. So the, uh, the foie gras would not work for me, Joanne. But it's, it's a lovely thought. Salad sandwich. Remember having a salad sandwich at school when we used to put... Salt on as well. I can't believe we just put salt on sandwiches. But no, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, chopped up lettuce, cucumber, tomato. I'm making myself hungry now. With some nice Heinz salad cream over the top of it. That makes a good gooey mess. I think it is quite nice. So, morning, little Julie, Noreen, Winnie and Bob. She says, uh, I'm, fi- I'm fine for it, actually. Thank you for the Estee Lauder, Joanne. I'm fine. I promise you. I've got a bathroom full of it. And uh, Noreen, W money, Huey Green. Ah, Huey, Uncle Huey, was it? On Double Your Money. Ah, favourite sandwich, turkey, ham and low-calorie coleslaw. You see, I don't ever believe in the something called low-calorie coleslaw. I just think it's coleslaw. It's making my mouth water. I love coleslaw. 
I love coleslaw. Uh, toasted cheese sandwich, Steve. Stilton and Branston. You see, Stilton and Branston is very, very good. Very, very good indeed. I like that. I like that a lot. Kev says, the junior club that I'm parent governor of at my old school now has a lunchtime gardening club run by the headmistress. And uh, one here. This is... I don't know who this one's from, actually. When we were at school, we did rural science, which is loosely called gardening, and domestic science, which is cooking. So what they do now to cut these lessons, it might be that they now finish school at... Three instead of finishing at four. Also, us hourly paid workers, coach drivers, do not take sickies, as if we don't work, we don't get paid. Keep up the great work. You're quite right. If you don't, if you don't. Same for us in this business. Ninety uh, percent of the presenters, well, in fact, all of the presenters, uh, all of the presenters, and, and a lot of freelance people. If you don't work, you don't get paid. It's as simple as that. Maxine says, when I was at school in the 60s, we had two large greenhouses. We were taught how to grow vegetables, salads and flowers. We even had chickens and rabbit. Oh, no. On Friday, we could pick what was ready and take it home. Lovely fresh eggs. Happy days, says Maxine. It is very happy days. Because we had... We used to um, do pickled onions. My mum used to make pickled onions. She used to love pickled onions. My mum would make loads of jars of them in the winter. And apples from the tree would be put and wrapped in paper and put in the shed so you could have apples throughout the whole of the winter. In fact, if you were actually quite good at the home economy, you could live really well. My mother never did a takeaway in her life. Like loads of people listening, talking to a friend of mine, Lou, and her, her mum cooks. She's exactly the same as my mother did. You know, depending on what was in season, you know, she would take strawberries from the garden and raspberries and freeze them. But the problem with freezing them, if you put them all in a bag, they came out all mushy. So you have to put them on trays individually, then freeze them, then take them out, then put them in bags. Because it was the only way you could do it. So we used to save all the apples, you know, all the uh, all the windfalls, the ones which fell off the tree, which had sort of little... You'd sort of cut them and then she'd make stewed apple, which she'd freeze. You know, people just did home economy. Unfortunately... It doesn't really happen now. Nobody knows how to do it. That's why you've got these programmes on the television where they're having to show you what people do because they can't be bothered to cook. They just eat, you know, Kentucky or burgers or kebabs or Burger King. Or, and, the, and the burgers are getting bigger. There was one on the television advertising Burger King. It was the biggest burger I'd ever seen. And they make the roll look lovely, don't they? They make it look domed. And yet when you buy it, they're all squashed and flat and horrible. Nasty. Lynn says, I haven't had much of an appetite recently, but yesterday, at two in the morning, I fancied a bacon sandwich. I had to wait until seven to buy the bacon, but, oh, what a delicious sandwich. Cheese with Marmite in, says Sharon. Delicious. Well, actually, just cheese with with Marmite. Brilliant. Just cheese with Marmite. I think Starbucks do a panini. A panini. Look at us being posh. A panini, ladies and gentlemen. A panini. What the dick is a panini? It's a panini. It's a bit of foreign bread. Foreign bread, so they sort of take this foreign bread. In fact, actually, I have to be honest once, I won't tell you who it was, because it's a very good friend of mine and the family. They went out, and they were coming back at the airport, and they picked up the, the paninis in this foreign airport, and they put them on the plate, and the girl hadn't offered to cook them, so they were eating them raw. And so I said, uh, did you not want them cooked? And she went, no, they're all right. I thought, you can't eat raw panini. The whole idea is you've got to toast the blooming thing. But paninis, ladies and gentlemen... It's like a latte. So, never happened to a cup of coffee? I'd like a cup of coffee, please. OK, that'll be a tall, skinny latte uh, with extra this and extra that. And uh, and you look at the bewildered... We've all gone, just gone foreign mad. Foreign mad. Years ago, it was a cup of tea. What sort of tea would you like? Um, 
Uh, do you have peachy tips? No, we don't. We have uh, Earl Grey breakfast. We have Lady Grey. Uh, we have Lapsang Souchong. We also have China tea, which we have without milk. We have a variety of fruit teas. Any of those? Are, no. Do you not have peachy tips? No. We have fruit teas. We have uh, elderberry, elderflower. We have blackberry, gooseberry. Any of those? Are pe- no, I just want a cup of tea. OK. Uh, right. Uh, do you have chai tea? They do this thing in Starbucks. It's called, I think it's chai tea latte. I don't think it's ever seen coffee or anything like that. It just looks like it's sort of stuff put in a thing with a load of ice. And it's a chai tea latte. I was tempted to buy one, but I'm, I'm such a creature of habit. I only drink the same things. But I do like paninis, because I, I do eat Italian. And, um, and it's just a layer of cheese with Marmite, because they're, they're looking for the ultimate sandwich. And to be honest with you, I don't think we want to do posh food anymore. I think we just want to be nice and simple. A piece of roasted chicken in a sandwich is, is quite nice. Not in this foreign stuff dribbled all over it. I really don't. Uh, what is turkey ham, says David, who's finishing work in Chelmsford? Uh, turkey ham is... It's made by Bernard Matthews. And it's turkey ham, and that's all I know about it. I'm, I'm not really sure. To be honest with you, I'm none the wiser. Turkey ham. I don't know. But it's, 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 sort of, it's a cross between turkey and ham. Okay, turkey ham. I don't know, somebody will tell me. He said either it's turkey or it's ham. No, it's both. It's definitely both. And uh, Costas says, my friend swears by banana and ketchup. She loves them. Oh, dear, disgusting. See, banana sandwiches were okay years ago. There was nothing the matter with banana sandwiches. They they were very, very popular when kids had them, I suppose, because we didn't have much money. I mean, for a dessert, we would have bananas in, in milk. You know, not in, in condensed milk, bananas. Or if you're doing a banana sandwich, you'd sprinkle sugar on it. Crisp sandwiches. You know when you, you, you make the crisp sandwich and then you push down on it and they'd all go... That was good fun as well. Crisp sandwiches. Love that idea. Uh, so, do you agree? Well, we can't think of an ultimate sandwich at the moment. We've got lots of favourites. It's making my mouth water. And uh, do you also agree with the fact that motorways are not really safe enough to cope with raising the speed limit from 70 to 80 because there's going to be people, if it's 80 miles an hour, they're going to drive at 90. If you make it 60, they'll drive at 70, presumably, because I go down the motorway on a regular basis, and cars just whiz past you. They really do. Nobody cares. And it's not, it's not any particular... You know, it'd be different if you could say it was all boy racers, but you can't say it's all boy racers. I get elderly people, people with families in the back, people carriers on their way to the airport. They whiz past me. And you think, if you're passing me, you've got to be exceeding the speed limit. I mean, it's terrible. It really is. I mean, there's also now, because there's so many roadworks that are taking place on the motorway, you spend your life going from 70 down to 50. 70, oh, back down to 50 again. 50, at, still at 50. And you drive for it. You don't see anybody working. You just have all these speed limits in everywhere. And there's also pedestrians. If a car breaks down, you've got pedestrians on the hard shoulder. I'm delighted to report that the one thing we have learnt is if your car breaks down on the motorway, you pull into the hard shoulder, you get out of the car and you go and sit at the top of the bank. Don't stand around the car. And luckily, I've seen people doing this before. People literally getting out of the car and going and sitting at the top of the bank. The further away from the car you are, the better, just in case somebody rams into it, which is highly possible in this day and age. So uh, that's it. And also, you've got uh, all sorts of uh, things. That, I mean, with, I suppose, higher speed limits, there would be an increase in, in accidents, uh, crash severity, raised crash costs, the increased costs caused by delays from crashes. And so they, they've, they've concluded that really we've only got three-star motorways. I think we've got terrible motorways. So Certainly not in America. You know, you can drive throughout America. You hardly see roadworks in America. Ours, we're constantly digging them up. Why did we build them properly in the first place? 
Are they faffing around with, with motorways? It drives me mad. I like driving on the motorway. A really good cheese with thinly sliced raw onions, says Jane. All right. So that's, so that's fair. that seems a bit basic to me. You know, this seems a little bit basic that uh, sort of just, just cheese and onion. Sue says brown bread is just dirty white bread. It's, I don't see the point. It's like I, I wouldn't buy bread that had bits in it. You know, people go, oh, it's so much health- healthier for you. It's got, oh, no, I don't think so. White bread. If you buy a good white bread, and admittedly most of our bread in this country isn't particularly good, but if you, if you buy a good white bread, that's actually quite nice. Uh, Steve, mackerel in teriyaki sauce. Oh, you are joking, of course. How pretentious. A piece of mackerel with teriyaki sauce. I mean, I don't even know where to get teriyaki sauce. It's ridiculous. Martin in Tufnell Park says you can't beat a fish finger sandwich. It's true. Strong cheese and peanut butter. There's an odd combination. Strong cheese and peanut butter. That sounds really fattening. <laughs> Kevin says, I'm in that club too, Steve. The dairy own the round, but I'm on a self-employed contract. Paid commission only. No sickness here. Yes. Uh, Tony in Harlow says, heard you say this before, but what really annoys me is when people say, can I get... When buying a latte, yes. Is, is it, can I get a latte with, no. It's a case of, can I have, can I have a latte? It's like the, the latest Americanism, which has crept in, and we use it in news bulletins, upcoming, as opposed to forthcoming. It used to be a forthcoming event. Now it's an upcoming event. It's an Americanism it's crept in. It's all foreign, ladies and gentlemen. It's all going to pot. It's all going to pot. Ciabatta. So, do you have any ciabatta? I ask you. That was somebody in Star Wars, as far as I remember. Quarter to uh, six. News headlines with Sam Pittis. Steve Allen. All these different things. Panini. Ciabatta. <laughs> Can we have some... What's that other thing you get? What, what's that thing where you get in restaurants where they put sliced tomatoes on a piece of bread? Is that... That's, what is that? Focaccia. Do you have any focaccia, please? Lovely, isn't it? So I tell you, I've got no idea. Sorry to be pedantic, says Chris, but is one panino and two panini, if only. If only it was as simple as that. It's far more complicated, isn't it? Far more complicated. I can't imagine anybody driving 80 miles an hour on the M25, says Phil, the world's biggest car park. You'd be surprised. I get cars passing me. Seriously, white van man passes me at about 100 miles an hour. And bananas and crunchy peanut butter sandwich. We've had that one before, haven't we? Bananas and crunchy peanut butter sandwich seems to be a, a fairly popular bakeroot. Sorry, bakeroot. Bacon and beetroot sandwiches says Hazel. Now that I do like. I do like beetroot. The trouble is, bit difficult in a sandwich because if you drop any of it down, you the shirt's got to go in the wash straight away, hasn't it? Turkey ham says Mary, is turkey meat treated to taste like ham or bacon? My my local cafe serves it in the place of bacon for people who don't eat pork. Oh, right. Yes, I've seen turkey ham. See, I I don't buy... um, I buy streaky bacon now, because it's so much nicer. And strangely enough, David in Lee, or it is David Lee from Watford, says hot crispy bacon with cold beetroot. You see, I like like cold beetroot with a lot of things. Diced beetroot. I do buy that. Smooth peanut butter and pickled cockles, Steve. I don't think so. Uh, Robert Edinburgh says, when I was young, we lived near a turkey farm and we got turkey eggs. You don't see them now. It is true, you don't. You probably would if you went to the right places. Toasted bacon and uh, what was this one here? This was toasted bacon and banana. Utter bliss. It's got to be fine cut bacon, though. I used to buy one every morning on the way to work in the 70s, says Fran. And John says, fish finger sarnie with salad cream. With salad cream. Sue in Hans, though, has got the ultimate one. It's the hot chip butty. That's where you butter the bread, then you put the chips in, and then you put the other piece of bread on the top, and that is particularly lovely. 
Um, I hear people say, uh, I take a latte. When they say, I can't help but ask, where do you want to take it? It is true, isn't it? So, uh, can I get... And we've become Americanized, And I'm not sure I like it. I'm not sure I like this Americanization of the country. But the hot chip butty sold it to me this morning. Morning, Phil. Steve, good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Wonderful. Sausage and marmalade. Oh, for goodness sake, no. Oh, yes. Sausage and marmalade. What sort of marmalade? No, any any marmalade. Pork, Pork and apple... Go well, and sausage marmalade. <laughs> pork and apple sausages. No, 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 no. Oh, just, just pork just, and apple. No, no. I'm saying it is, is pork goes with that with apple. Right, so yes. sausage and marmalade does go well. Try it; it's lovely. It really is nice. Yeah. Do you have any sauce over that, or just? No, like... no, 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 no. That ruins it. That that that's now that that's not very. Um, <laughs> no, that's that, that that absolutely ruins it. Pork, um, um, sausage and marmalade sandwiches, all marmalade uh, on white bread. Absolutely beautiful. You'll love it. There we are. Recommendation for this morning. Phil, thank you for that very much indeed. Sounds disgusting, doesn't it? I have to be honest. It doesn't sound like my favourite. Oddly enough, I haven't had marmalade for many a year, and I don't know why, because I used to like it as a child. I used to like going to hotels, and they'd have little pots of marmalade. I I didn't do the thick-cut marmalade. I liked the one we could see through. Oh, they're just doing an advert for Kentucky Fried Chicken on the television. Yummy, yummy, yum. A bargain bucket. They had that the other day at Paul Cooper's place in the shop. They said, what, what do you want for lunch? They went, bargain bucket. So they bought a bargain bucket and a zinger tower or whatever that is. All these peculiar things. Uh, so sandwich flavours. So what was it? So I haven't had marmalade. Not, not really. I mean, I don't know if it's bad for me or good for me now. I suppose it's probably bad for me. But I used to like the, um, the lime marmalade. The lime marmalade. We used to love... I, used to, I love lime juice, full stop. I absolutely love it. Uh, David Cameron has unveiled a new plan to tackle Britain's yob culture. Wait, wait for this one. As opposed to sort of throwing them in prison and short, sharp shock treatment. No, no. Bringing out £100 vouchers for parenting classes. What? I mean, at Boots. At Boots. Families with children under five will be able to collect the free vouchers from High Street Chemists from today. This entitles them to ten two-hour sessions with professionals on how to bring up children. Having a laugh, aren't you, or something? They're not going to go to that. They're not going to go to anything like that. These are people who probably didn't even know how they got pregnant in the first place. That's why it's yob culture. It's absolutely ridiculous. The PM hopes the Can Parents scheme, which will be tested in three areas, combat the breakdown of families' discipline blamed for last year's riots. No. Because last year's riots had some of the families going out shoplifting with them. We had mums and dads going out helping the, their kids to shoplift. You're not giving them vouchers. God, you just need to stop the. I think sterilisation on a mass on a mass sort of area. I mean, that's the only way you're going to stop it, isn't it? You pick an area and you go right. That's it. Nobody round here having any children at all. You know, if if, if you're remotely chav, if you have a child, it's called anything like Chardonnay. Then immediately, parenting rights are taken away from you completely. You're not allowed to have any children. Not allowed to do anything at all. Okay, you have to get out there and work. And I don't know where we're going to get your jobs, but you're going to have to find something. Have to find something. Although difficult for poor little Kirk Norcross. Perhaps he can go work for his daddy in the nightclub. Because his daddy's got a nightclub in anyways, Essex. Perhaps little Kirk could work there. But, uh, but there is the, there's no sort of career for you, Kirk. Sorry to point that out, because you weren't much cop at doing anything at all. You're just, you know, you're a bit of a waste of space. Daddy's looked after you, which is quite sweet. We've seen some great bonding sessions, but there's no, there's no celebrity work for you. Because you're not a celebrity. It's going to peter out for Joey Essex very shortly. For all of them, it's just going to disappear and the shops will start closing and the for sale sign. Can't wait for the first one to happen. I know it sounds terribly cruel, but to be honest with you, they're such dimbos, aren't they? Well done to Louis Walsh, 
who rushed to the aid of a mugged Made in Chelsea star. The reality show new boy, Diego Bivero Volpe, well, that's a name and a half, had no idea who uh, Louis Walsh was. Just some kindly old man who came over to help. Nightclub businessman Diego was knocked unconscious by three thugs after drinking with pals at the Dover Street Arts Club. Louis saw the attack and paid £15 for a taxi for Diego back to his West London home and even threw in a £5 tip. But when Diego came round, he had no idea who the Irishman was. Louis says, I did what any other person would have done and helped somebody out who was in distress. There you go, you see? Nice, nice deed for the day done. Diego, of course, obviously, you know, I mean, God, if you've been on another planet, you'd know who Louis Walsh was, wouldn't you? Would you not? I would have thought so. He's fairly recognisable from, from television and everything else. Uh, Phil says, uh, I'm listening in Florida. I've just driven 4,000 miles to Colorado and back. You're right. Hardly any road works. And when they were, they have a simple method to control the speed. The sign saying speeding fines are doubled. No need for millions of pounds of average speed cameras or surveillance cameras. It was like driving in heaven. Cost about 300 in petrol for the entire journey. I don't know if that's dollars or pounds. If you drove 4,000 miles around England, you'd tear your hair out and need a mortgage for the petrol. I don't think you get a mortgage anymore for things like that. It would just disappear. And uh, another one here. Uh, Bryn on the sandwich front. Oh, here we go. Annie's favourite sandwich are sardines on the... Oh, no, not sardines. And peanut butter and squashed banana. Oh, no. My favourites are tomato sandwiches, but especially with egg mayonnaise. I often have a banana sandwich, as they're really lovely. However, my top favourite is smoked salmon with a squeeze of lemon and black pepper. How lovely. Before I married Annie, I went on a TV show called Two for the Money with Daniel Farson. One of us had to name a country and the other the language. Annie said Wales... I immediately said Welsh, and we were ruled out, as they said that Wales was not a country, and therefore Welsh was not an official language. Caused a riot, as half of the uh, half of Wales wrote in complaining. We won £200. A hell of a lot of money in those days. £200, God, yeah. Happy days. Happy. £200. Chicken and homemade coleslaw, says Val, in, ho- in normal bread. Yes, we have to now call it normal bread, as opposed to fancy bread. So do you have ciabatta? No, we don't have that, anything like that. Just a normal sandwich. All comes pre-packed, though, doesn't it, really, I suppose. Um, Steve, koala tea. Uh, yes, I've heard about this, actually. But strangely enough, I've, have you heard of civet coffee? They make civet coffee. Alan Dodgen brought some in one morning. It was vile. It's taken from the civet cat. And I'll just say that it's extracted from, from the cat, and then they make a coffee about it. <laughs> and he sends us an interesting story about koala, which is lovely. Nothing beats a ham sandwich, says James, if you ask me. No need for all these over-the-top sandwiches with fancy names and ingredients. I know, but we like it, don't we? But that's why every so often they actually put out a normal sandwich. So, because I'm near Marks and Spencer's, I tell you what I do love the smell of in Waitrose. You walk past there and they have one of these rotisseries with cooked chicken on it. And, and they wafted out into the street. And it's fatal. I mean, I haven't bought one. I bought one ages and ages ago. I was a bit disappointed. But I, I sort of... All you can smell is this cooking... This cooked chicken. It smells delicious. Absolutely wonderful. The kind of thing that really sort of gets you going. And, uh, and some of us do need getting going. Uh, it doesn't matter what filling you have in a sandwich. It has to be in tiger bread. Tiger bread. Oh, right. Yes, apparently very good tiger bread. Yeah, no, I suppose then. If you're not keen on uh, cheese and onion sandwich, how about my all-time favourite salt beef sandwiches from Brick Lane, says Jane. Yes, I can do salt beef. It's got to be really good salt beef, though. It's got to be good. You know, if, if you're going to have salt beef, it's, it's no good just going to places with salt beef sandwiches. Because sometimes they're, they're rubbish. It's got to be really nice. I love salt beef. 
In fact, everything, all this talk of food is making me quite, quite hungry and quite ill this morning, I'm afraid. Shouldn't Salt beef sandwich, why can't you get anything? Uh, Waitrose, sell an onion marmalade. Bake some caramelised and onion sausage with the onion marmalade. Put it in a warm, crusty roll. Absolutely delicious, says Buddy. The orange marmalade is uh, Jared and made by something. It's in the pickled section. Orange marmalade. An onion marmalade. I might try that one. Cheese, beetroot and spring onions, says Katrina. With a big hello to Elliot in Japan. And, uh, and you've just done an Americanism with Phil. How are you? I'm good. Surely it's I'm well, not I'm good, says Teddy. Oh, dear. Cheese... Oh, we've just done that one, haven't we? Sausage and marmalade lover in Croydon as well, says Sarah. Mind you, I've just watched Supersize Me. So, uh, I'm tempted off meat. Great show, as always. Thank you very much indeed for that. It's Monday morning. I know you don't want to go to work, but you have to. I'll try and ease you there. We have LBC 97.3. Take your texts and emails. We've got the news at six coming up with Sam Pittis in a matter of seconds. On with Steve Allen... Morning, Monday morning. It's the first time we've looked out the window in a few days and we've actually got some uh, some sunshine, but don't worry, it clouds over shortly. It clouds over shortly. Victoria in Seven Oaks is making bubble and squeak sandwiches with brown sauce. That's quite a nice idea. Bill says the Yankee expression that's come into use which annoys me is stepping up to the plate. I thought it was stepping up to the mark, isn't it? Isn't it stepping up to the mark? I've never heard people use that. The other th- I hate the expression buddy. Who say, you right, buddy? That's, that's another Americanism. Lynn says, how stupid. Vouchers for parenting classes. Spending money we haven't got. Better put the thugs in the stocks and sell vouchers for rotten fruit. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, I've never heard anything so ridiculous. I mean, there's lots of services in place to do parenting classes. You don't need to give people £100 vouchers from Boots. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, the, the, the sort of people who've got yob children and they, they, can, they can come from anywhere... You know, have, have got no control over their children whatsoever. You see them, they now have to go on television programmes. You're not going to teach somebody how to parent a 15-year-old who's out there shop-stealing, you know, stealing from shops or doing drugs, are you? Shelley says, do you remember name that tune with Tom O'Connor? Yes, I've seen Tom on a few occasions, actually, mainly at the uh, the lovely Lady Rattlings and the Water Rats. A lovely man, lovely man. Uh, sandwiches, peanut butter and strawberry jam. Yes, that's that's quite common, isn't it? Because they call jam jelly in America, so they have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I think it was a favourite with Elvis Presley, and I think deep fried. I think deep fried. He used to have deep fried sa- I remember thinking, there's quite a few calories in that. <laughs> Mind you, I like fried bread. I love fried bread. I could eat fried bread for a long time. I haven't had it for ages and ages. Um, another one here. Tom says, you'd only recognise Louis Walsh if you watch the uh, the dreadful karaoke show, the uh, the X Factor Clearly, that uh, lad has good taste in television. Yes, I suppose, I mean, I have to accept the fact that not everybody would know who Louis Walsh is, but he has been in the papers for a lot. You'd reckon he'd open his mouth and you'd know it was Louis Walsh. Definitely. Uh, I see, Steve, how Cameron wants to change the younger generation, but I'm struggling to see how this voucher scheme will achieve anything with the age group that we're actually rioting. What Cameron needs to tackle is the attitudes of young people. I see too many people my age, 22, that can't be bothered. Well, I'm, I'm with you on that one, I'm afraid. It, it's, this, it's this lackadaisical attitude, as my parents used to say. It's the couldn't-be-bothered generation. It's the, you know, why actually bother doing it? Somebody will, somebody will give you the money. Why should you bother going to work? You know, the government give you money not to go to work. As far as I'm concerned, you take people off benefits. You've been on benefits for more than six months. Then uh, it's taken away from you. Let your parents support you. They brought you into the world. They can support you. If they can't do it, that's your, you've got to go out and get a job. You've got to go and do something. No good just sitting at home bemoaning the fact and bleating 
you know, oh, I haven't got a job. There's loads of jobs out there. It's just, but if you're not careful, they're going to be taken by everybody else. The Poles have taken loads of jobs over here now because they're always very happy. They're always very happy. We had a, we had a British bloke working in our Starbucks the other day. First time I've seen it, well, they've had about two or three British blokes. The attitude, completely wrong. Completely wrong. You know, whereas, the, whereas all, all the Polish girls, and Martin, who looks after it, is from Czechoslovakia, perfect smile, happy, you know, never see them going, mm, like that. The Brits, mm, everybody looks miserable. So uh, you're not in favour of these parenting classes at all, I think. And uh, stop making me hungry. Roast beef, uh, horseradish sauce and sliced beetroot on white bread and, and a cold pig's liver. Oh, dear. Heinz mild mustard pickle on fresh white crusty bread, says Jill. I like fresh crusty bread. I like that. I like that idea. I, I think I, I could go quite well with sort of crusty bread. <laughs> Anything with crusty bread on it would be absolutely wonderful. 84850, uk, And, uh... Is James Max supporting the lovable rogues? Of course he would be, wouldn't he, I should imagine. Coming up with Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, John McKenty, journalist with the Daily Mail, will be looking through the papers. It's dancing dogs everywhere, John, I'm afraid. Uh, the booch vouchers for the parenting classes. Good idea. No. Says Monica Hurst, who's a health visitor. And then somebody will say yes. Both sides of the argument. You can make up your own mind. Uh, William Hague tells us to stop moaning. Work harder. Is it helpful? It is. I mean, why? Do, I don't know why people moan about work. Get out there and do the work. You know, enjoy yourself. It's not go- You know, you can make any job exciting. It doesn't matter whether you've got the most boring job in the world. You can, you can have fun with it. You can have fun with it. Motorways unfit for the 80 mile an hour limit. I agree. Absolutely. And um, also uh, the cheering up of the commuters. Tony Robinson, who, uh, as you know, was our guest on In Conversation this week. He'll be telling Nick about cheering people up by giving them some nice, some funny little catchphrases. Which I love, actually. I love it. Uh, Diane says, uh, this Miss, Miss Diane, I had a great weekend. The postman bought me a lovely surprise from my husband, the complete box set of The Protectors. 52 episodes, Sheer Heaven with Robert Vaughan and Tony Anholt. Takes me right back to the 70s. Very nostalgic. Oh, some good box sets from the 70s. Oh, there's some good box sets from the 70s. Really, really nice ones. Uh, Thomas in Merthyr Tidville says, Corned beef sandwiches on good white bread with tomato sauce. Not too much tomato sauce. But just some. He also suffers from diabetes. Not surprised if you're eating corned beef. I mean, you know when you look at the corned beef and you see those white bits? That's fat. Just so I tell you that now. You know, that's what... Good God, man. Even I wouldn't eat corned beef. I have eaten corned beef hash. I work on the assumption if you put potato with it, it takes away the fat content. It doesn't, of course. It doesn't, but it's, it's something nice to do, isn't it? Uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. He reckons that uh, even though he's 76, he's going to go clubbing in Azerbaijan every single night. Every single night he's going to go clubbing in Azerbaijan. Good for him, I thought. Good for him. It'll be absolutely fantastic. Uh, He'll be talking to Nick tomorrow, and we'll be recording him for In Conversation tomorrow as well. That's good news, isn't it? Very nice indeed. And uh, Tim Minchin as well will be in this week, so we'll have a chat to Tim Minchin. For, uh, for in conversation. Bad news is Steps are planning to record a Christmas album. Oh, God, leave the country now. Leave the country immediately. They, they, they just have to find uh, the right team and make the record. I know, and then somebody to sing it as well for you. I don't know who that's going to be. That'll be quite a difficult one here. We were discussing earlier on about putting cookery into schools because people don't look, people come out of school, they don't have any skills. Whereas I'm sure that years ago we used to have the uh, domestic science 
And then it seemed to fizzle out after a while, because you'd see all the kids taking their stuff home, wouldn't you? They'd have it all in the Tupperware boxes, and you'd go, you've been cooking today. And I used to quite like that. We never did it. I never got it at my school. I was a little bit disappointed, I'm afraid. Uh, Bacon and banana sandwiches, says Jeremy in Weybridge, by a friend who'd spent time in South Africa. And apparently it's a common sarnie over there. Bacon and banana sandwiches. That's not fried, is it? I've heard of them being fried before. Could could be. Uh, Neil says, on the subject of American isms, he's in Warwickshire, bless his heart. It really annoys me when people say, I'm good, thank you, in response to asking how they are. I want to know how they are, not how well behaved they are. Also, whilst talking to a friend from London, she asked me if I'd ever done the ivy. Apparently, she wanted to know whether or not I'd ever eaten at the ivy. Yeah, have you ever done the ivy? <laughs> These are all Americans, aren't they? American isms, which we don't uh, we don't like. Have you done the ivy? Have you done Claridge's? <laughs> the ultimate sandwiches is uh, made with my partner's oven-baked homemade bread rather than two slices of cardboard, said George. He's obviously a homemade bread man. Uh, sausage and cheese. Toasted bread with mustard or ketchup, says Deep. Sausage and cheese with toasted bread. Well, sounds delicious, doesn't it? At this time of the morning. We're, we're trying to find, because Jodie Kidd, she's distantly related to the Earl of Sandwich. So they thought they'd ask her, they couldn't think of anybody else, uh, you know, what you, uh, what you think would be the ultimate sandwich. And then you can enter it onto their website. And uh, once you've actually done that, you can, you know, you can hope that your, your sandwich wins. I quite like the idea of an ultimate sandwich. How funny is that? 84850 uk or 08456060973. LBC 90 with Steve Allen. Only 18 minutes past six. Nick Ferrari and the team with you after seven o'clock this morning. And, uh, and as Noreen and everybody else told me, Ashley and Pudsey have won Britain's Got Talent. I'm so happy. So that's one for your Royal Variety Show. Yes, I can't wait to see the rest of the lineup now. And uh, you're right, it is Amanda's birthday tomorrow. And Patsy from Ealing says, we've got a lot of celebrities in Chiswick. And nobody takes much notice. Trevor Nunn, Colin Firth, Rula Lenska, Judy Lowe and Sheila Hancock. But on Saturday, a real treat. I walked straight into a beautiful man that is Franco Nero. She said, I could have gone to Twickenham and maybe seen you, but I'm afraid there was no contest. I'm very depressed by that, as you can well imagine. Yes, I'm often seeing celebrities out. I quite like the idea. Sometimes I have to look twice. Uh, Steve, don't make me laugh, says Jane. I'll try not to. Uh, the Louise Walsh show, I've got a picture of Louis Spence in my head for some reason. I was trying to imagine him mincing to the rescue of this guy being mugged when you said it was just a kind old man coming to his rescue and the penny dropped and it suddenly I worked out it was the other Louise you were talking about. Absolutely. And he, he paid for the thing. Best rotisserie chickens for, from Costco in Watford, says Anthony. Yes, the spare ribs are the best. The spare ribs are very good, I'm afraid. Um, 84850, Reg is in Prague. I, th- I suspect he's, he's probably not, but it's, he's, he's pretending he's in Prague for the purposes of this programme. Barbara says, when I went to school many years ago in Canada, we were taught that England and Scotland were countries. Wales was a principality in Northern Ireland, a province. Even with all the devolved assemblies now, has their status actually changed? And the term stepping up to the plate comes from baseball, of course. Exactly, which is not yours at all. It's an Americanism. An Americanism. Toast, cheddar cheese with a pineapple ring on the top and a minute under the halogen grill. Yummy, says Ian in Bedfont. I like the idea of, 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 of a sort of a, a pineapple ring on cheese. I mean, that's quite nice. It's a bit like a gammon steak, I suppose. Uh, Linda says, the, the least unfussy and favourite sandwich I've ever been introduced to was tomato and avocado. Must be a decent bread, a bloomer, and decent butter, a little salt and black pepper. Mm. Nobody's ever been disappointed. Love to you and all the legends as well. I like that idea, though, 
I like a bloomer. See, nobody buys bloomers anymore, but I do. If, if you find a bakery, if you're lucky enough to find a bakery nowadays and you find a bloomer, I mean, that really is fantastic, isn't it? Because you can slice that. If I've just got a really, really sharp knife, oh, yummy, yum, yum. Even just have it toasted, actually, is quite nice. This is after the favourite sandwich. Please say good luck, says Val, to all the kids who start their sats today. It's very stressful for the parents who see their poor little ones go through the trauma of exams at such a young age. So they start sats today. Oh, good. I like to see them suffer. I should take great delight in that. Uh, and Joanne says, next time you're shopping or in the balmy arms, get some lime cordial, mix it with tonic and ice in a slice. Quite nice. I love lime cordial. It's supposed to be very good for you, I think. I remember it was used years and years ago on board ship, wasn't it, to get rid of scurvy and stuff like that. I don't know I don't know whether they bathed in it or just saved limes, but uh, I do like it, actually. I do like it. Um, another one here. This, uh, I'm writing from Iran. Just say a big thanks to you all in LBC Radio. I often listen to it, though sometimes Iran's low internet connection is a bit of a difficulty. Yes, we mentioned Tehran earlier on this morning. Not in the best light, unfortunately, where four young men have just been found guilty under Sharia law of being gay, and uh, they've been sentenced to death. Because apparently it's an offence against Allah to be gay. And yet there must be millions of people who are gay, but they're going to execute them. We've had this, uh, this sort of story before, and you think to yourself, there's no point in living in a country where they don't, they don't like anybody at all. Dreadful. I mean, women get treated so badly, I'm afraid. Uh, Gaz in Great Aiton, thank you. Uh, Chris in Rygate, talking of isms that drive you mad. Why is it whenever you go, be it shop, restaurant, ticket office, you get, you're right there. I hate it. What happened to Good Morning? How can I help you? Yes. Americans also refer, says Angela, to cyclists as bicyclists. I always hear it. And it makes me laugh when I hear it on Judge Judy. Anchovies and sliced tomato. Oh, not anchovies. I couldn't touch anchovies. Ugh, just the smell alone. Hot cheesy mashed potato and thickly buttered bread, says John the Cabby from South London. Hot cheesy mashed potato on bread. Never heard of that one before. That's very strange. Very strange. Beetroot, marmite and tomato, says Charlotte in Cambridge. Quite clearly a student on a, on a very, very small budget. Tony says fried egg sandwich, soft white bread. Dripping sandwiches and treacle sandwiches, says Gaz. Yes, dripping sandwiches are very, very popular. Very, very popular. I can't imagine why we ever ate them. I thought just sort of lain back and poured the fat down your throat. I'm 47 today, says Karen. And I shall hear today after my, uh, my scan on, uh, on breast cancer. I'm sure it'll be fine. Cheese marmite and corned beef sandwich, says David. An area that doesn't need sterilisation. Oh, I don't know. I've been to parts of it. I've been to parts of it. I know what it's like. You can buy extra lean corned beef in Sainsbury, so not as fattening, says Jay. OK, so that's good. And another one here. It says, says it all when a dog is the most talented thing in Britain. I know. It is, it's hilarious, isn't it, really? Um, <laughs> BBC have Pudsy Bear. Pudsy Bear. ITV gave us Pudsy Dog, says John. I'm now waiting for an attempt by the BBC to sue us. Over the uh, over the uh, name without realising the Pudsey is the five hundred year old name of an English town. Have you ever tried Weetabix with butter and jam or honey on top? Says John, the uh, the projectionist. <laughs> Carol, I laughed like a drain when I read yours. <laughs> and John in Essex says cheese, honey, and a sprinkling of instant coffee. Do you know it's not the first time I've heard of a sprinkling of coffee on cheese. To be honest with you, when, when you're a student or you're hard up, you have to go through everything, don't you? And you end up with sort of absolutely nothing in the cupboard. So you look at things, you think, perhaps I can put that with that. It doesn't matter if it tastes bad. You know, you just have to, you just have to go for it, I'm afraid. Um, the bakery at Sunbury, Stains Rose West by the Black Dog Pub. The Jolly Baker, it's not far, says Stephen Harlington. 
trying to find bakers nowadays. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. They're not, uh, they're not always where you think they are, I'm afraid. And Dan's up, or he's just finishing, actually. He says, I've got a lovely week off from work. And poor Danny goes into Frimley Park Hospital this morning to have a gallbladder out. Good luck for that one, Danny. Good luck for that one. Come on, blimey, it's your week taken care of, isn't it? Good grief. Uh, let's, let's finish just by looking at the, uh, the front pages of the, uh, the papers and uh, let's see what we're, we're offering you this morning. Don't forget, we've got a free podcast coming up. It'll be available on the LBC website and it will be available from around 7 o'clock this morning. 7 o'clock this morning. We've got lots of uh, stories from the weekend. Which, uh, which involves celebrities, I'm afraid. Well, I say celebrities. It involves people who sometimes think they're celebrities, but they're not. You know, but we, we like to be kind to them. Well, we don't really. We like to be unkind to them. We like to be very unkind. Uh, we, were, we were kind about schools today. We like the idea of bringing gardening in. I also recommended antiques and, uh, and anything like that. Decorating would be fairly good. And uh, only 22% of you listening at the moment managed to eat the recommended five-a-day portions of fruit and vegetables. Do you know I don't even bother counting anymore? I really don't count. I got so bored with the idea of, you know, counting your five-a-day. I thought, oh, sorry, I'm falling apart in the studio here. I thought, no, I really can't, can't be bothered. I decided, I mean, I'm, I eat vegetables when I eat vegetables. I had a birth bourguignon the other night. There's me eating foreign again. And, um, and I stuck in it. What did I put it? Oh, some mushrooms. And some, some green beans. Whereas years ago, I never you would eat green beans. But now they're all cut and washed. You just empty them into a pan and that's it. So I did that with the boeuf bourguignon, which, uh, which I didn't make, as you can well imagine, because, you know, men don't cook. I know they do on the television, but uh, generally speaking, in real life, they don't. Daily Star this morning. Uh, Britain's Got Talent champion Dog Pudsey has dumped his girlfriend for a gay lover. His, his love life is already as sensational as any scandal hit celebrity, and they think it's going to be a book deal. Don't be so ridiculous. <laughs> it's only a dog who danced on his back legs, you know, for rewards. Goodness sake, you don't, don't have a book deal for that. Uh, Daily Express today. Simple steps that can help fight diabetes. There's so many of you with diabetes are not doing anything about it. Uh, the meddling Euro MPs. Uh, have provoked fury by heralding a £4 million scheme to publicise Britain's lucrative benefit and healthcare system to people from across the continent. Here's a picture of um, of Pudsey, hoping to get the £500,000. We didn't discover on the programme this morning um, whether or not the £500,000 is payable in one instalment or if it's, uh, if it's actually payable in little dribs and drabs, which, is it, it, which it is in America. Over there on the X Factor, it's a million pounds, paid over 20 years. 20 years. Uh, Steve, take a bloomer, cut it in half, take out most of the bread, fill it with chips, says John. Now, that does sound particularly good, actually. I could could live with something like that. Live with that. Uh, Daily Mail, it's your chance to get a Jubilee Mento, some Dartington Crystal Champagne Flutes. Daily Mirror. This morning, the ultimate beach body plan. We're going to be going for that one now, are we? As the, as the weather improves marginally. Today, you've got sunshine, clouds over this afternoon, a bit of rain. And uh, Robert Mancini, after Man City won the Premier League in a day of incredible drama. Lots of people looking very happy. And that's on the front page of The Sun as well this morning. Uh, together with uh, Kate's Polo Minted. This is because she went out. And the two British heroes shot dead by turncoat Afghan cops. All of that and more you will find between the pages of the papers. And also Donald Duck Dunn died the other day at the age of 70. He was the bass guitarist with Booker T and the MGs. He was actually performing in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, just died in his sleep. 
So, a man there who uh, featured on lots and lots of records, actually. Most of the stacks stuff at the time. We're back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget, you can download this programme, the highlights of it, a little bit later on this morning. And uh, we'll also have a special free podcast for you a little bit later on as well. If you go to lbc.co.uk, there's all the details on there of how you can download the podcast. And very shortly, we'll have the pictures up from our revisiting the Hippodrome from a Frank Matcham theatre into a super luxury casino for the year 2012. It's taken them a lot longer than they thought. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the interior of it. Photos up on the LBC website very, very shortly. I'll let you know when. Back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30. Nick and the team with you after the news at 7. But coming up next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. Vitabiotics believe your joints don't.